Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Yeah, well, I'm on. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. No, I am not Dave Ellswick, and no, this is not Tuesday at 5 o'clock. This is Steve Hess, <laughs> half of the Bible Guys. Um, Dave uh, asked me if I would sit in, and I'm not sure how much wisdom there was in that decision since he has now given a preacher a microphone Whoa. and a couple hours to talk. Um, and a bunch of women. Yeah, and, and some really <laughs> interesting topics that will actually can go along some extremely biblical points uh, about the na- state of our nation and about some pretty horrific things that have gone on in this nation. Uh, we have the part of the normal panel. Uh, we have Elizabeth and Shelley, mm-hmm. uh, but then we also have uh, Rose Mims, who's with the Arkansas Right to Life, and she is actually here to talk about an event that um, Dave uh, and the other that are sponsoring for the movie. I can't remember the name. Is it with it's in just, conjunction it's with you It's just Arkansas Right to Life and, and, uh, and the Dave 101. Yeah. 101. Okay. And so she's here. She's going to be with us for about 30 minutes to um, talk about a movie that probably nobody knows about. And being honest, I didn't know anything about it until I was emailed about it. And I looked at it, and I remember hearing about the story, and we'll get into the story here in a little bit, but... It's one of those things that nobody likes to talk about because um, we like our news clean. Uh, we don't like to talk about the, the wicked things that have gone on in this nation to show and identify um, some real bad places uh, and bad people, for that matter, mostly because it doesn't fit a political narrative. Uh, but um, she is here, uh, Rose it is, to speak about that. So with no further ado. We'll let you take over and well, share what you're here to talk about. All right. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. You know, um, on next Thursday, a week from today, we are going to be screening the major motion picture, Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer, here in Little Rock at the Riverdale 10 VIP Cinema on Cantrell Road. And, you know, the story is um, five years old of Kermit Gosnell, a Philadelphia abortion doctor who was um, convicted of the deaths of three infants uh, and then the death of a woman who died um, from an overdose of drugs, narcotics that they had given her to sedate her during a um, late-term abortion. And he is serving a life sentence without parole uh, sentence right now. And um, Ann McElhenney and her husband wrote a book about this because they were just, you know, just shocked and couldn't believe that in America, a doctor was practicing, an abortion doctor, in the conditions that he was practicing in and that he was basically given a pass Mm -hmm by the Department of Health of Pennsylvania and was not inspected. Uh, His clinics were not inspected. He was violating numerous laws that had been passed um, to, you know, know, on um, abortion, like a um, a 24-week ban. After 24 weeks, they weren't supposed to be doing abortions. Plus, just the um, 
complete lack of disregard that he had for human life and mm-hmm. for women in particular because he used young, untrained, unqualified people there in his clinic to administer narcotic drugs um, and it was just deplorable conditions that they found and this was a DEA drug raid that caused all of this to be found he also was a very big drug dealer so Mm. What brought this to light was, mm. I guess, the ordering of some drugs, and somebody probably started investigating as to why. It wasn't because he was doing late term or baby no. outside the womb, which is what no. the three reasons, three uh, convictions he's got, right? right. Is because he no. It was a, a drug raid by the DEA and FBI, and they really they knew he was a doctor. I don't know that they actually knew he was an, an, uh, an abortion provider, but when they went in, they were looking for drugs Mm. and what they found just you know was unbelievable to them what they found and the film itself um was made based on the book that was written because the story wasn't getting told and uh the the mainstream media you know buried it you know on on the back page and uh way down in their storylines um and that's the main point of the book is not so much to show how graphic and all of that kind of aspects of the movie. I mean, obviously, that's going to be a major part of it because of what he was doing. But it's really to talk about the story itself. Right. And, the book and how is it was hidden. the untold story right. of America's largest um, serial killer. Do, and we, they, do it, Does anybody know how many children lost their lives in that clinic? No. We have no he, way of knowing, do no, we? No, but he has, he had been operating since 1979. That's Absolutely. when he opened it. And he was oh. inspected uh, the first year he was open. Then the next inspection wasn't until 10 years later. And where was this again? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. This was in 2010 when the drug raid happened. Right. Um, there were no inspections of the clinic between 1993 and 16 years wow. until the allegations oh. of the drug. Uh, and the allegations were about drug uh, selling. Uh, d- drug dealing that's the word right. I want drug dealing yeah, yeah he was uh, not largest. about the other activities that were yeah, going yeah, they didn't know, so they didn't know no. this was going mm-hmm. on no. this just opened here's, up Pandora's box here's okay. a little paragraph the FBI and the Pennsylvania Department of Health raided the clinic on February 18th of 2010 direct quote what they found inside was described by those on the raid quote there was blood on the floor a stench of urine filled the air a flea-infested cat wandered through the facility. There were cat feces on the stairs. Semi-conscious women scheduled for abortions were moaning in the waiting room or the recovery room, sitting on dirty recliners covered with blood-stained blankets. This was the man that stuck scissors in the back of the head of children that were born alive. Mm-hmm. Right. And, in fact, he delivered them alive. You know, yes. there was late-term abortions, and he... Um, he called it snipping he would stick scissors into the back of the baby's neck and cut Uh, the spinal cord and he said it was ensuring fetal demise and he just made callous remarks and one of the uh, one of the babies he said well this this one looks like he could walk to the bus stop you know just he was just callous um and in fact my jaw's on the floor right now evil as evil gets Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty wicked and talk about the biggest untold story ever i mean not what 2010 i this is the first i have heard of this and i kept (laughs) there were times in the past i haven't kept up so well but i kept up back then well this is this is because the media did its best to dampen it down really good job doing it down yeah right yeah and he is america's biggest serial killer 
Yeah. Wow. And, you know, they call him a serial killer because he kept souvenirs. And I'm not going to go into really the details of that. You'll have to read the book. or And we will have books available. Ann McElhenney, the, the, the author of the book and the producer of the movie, will be at our screening at Riverdale 10 next Thursday night, uh, September 27th at 7 p.m. You know, people can come, buy tickets online so they can get the, the best seat in the house that they want to pick. Um, or they can just show up and buy a ticket that night have and hope to the, get one. Have any of the women come out and spoke out against him? I mean, there, there had to have been tons of them. Well, there were, but they were poor. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were immigrants. immigrants. In fact, the woman who died was had just been in the the country. She was Nepalese. Yeah. Well, I didn't know like whoever made, you know the making of the movie or whatever. They went and found some of these women to try to talk to him. Or the uh, grand jury um, had to. <laughs> Find the mothers of the was it three, babies. three or four that they brought the charges against? Um, I don't know, but I what here's what I'm uh, going to say is that the souvenirs that they he kept, mm-hmm. they had to identify those and they had to contact the women whose babies they belonged to. DNA. Yeah. So it's just tragic mm. in the book. No, the film I don't think goes into a lot of this, and the film is PG thirteen. It is not graphic. It it doesn't show a lot of graphic images, although it has graphic descriptions, and they say some graphic. I've seen it twice, and I don't remember really anything graphic in it. You know, I, I wonder how many people will come out and see it because even talking about this and being familiar, you know, uh, nobody likes to talk about this because uh, for one, if you're a supporter of it, you don't want to hear it. Uh, and if you're against it, it makes you furious. Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of thing that would cause people you to be drugged out You want to run from the truth. Yeah. You, you just don't want to say it. And, you know, this, these guys like this, this is where I just, the better part of me just doesn't come out. You yeah. know, and we, these, uh, we don't like to talk about this. We are, we like, this is um, far worse than the Holocaust, but we don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And they they said, well, these babies, you know, when they start doing it, um, research, embryonic research, they say they're going to be thrown in the trash anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. why don't we just do some research on them? Well, that was the same justification they yeah. used to do research on the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and we have you it's know, ethnic cleansing. So it, yeah. It's ethnic cleansing. This is not the way a moral society behaves. It is not. We're, we're, we, we scream in outrage when we watch ISIS behead somebody on on youtube mm-hmm. yeah. but if they do it with a white coat and a knife in a in a nice clean environment we're not as appalled by yeah. it we don't want to hear about it we don't look at it as the same level yeah and the the um the pushback that ann um McElhenney got and her husband Philem on this film to get it even made was you know phenomenal because they had to go to a crowdfunding source mm-hmm. and she now is the largest crowd funder, you know, uh, because she raised, I think, over $2 million to get the film wow. made. That's incredible. incredible. Yes, That's it is. Incredible. And it's just mainstream okay. America that helped her do that. And Were these everyday citizens yes. that were oh, donating? Yeah, or did right. she get any big donors? No, no. no. It's mainly just for her. average Americans and small donations. But just now, when they're trying to promote the film, do sneak previews around the country, mm-hmm. and to um, to announce the, the, the uh, main release is going to be October 12th, even NPR, they tried to buy some time on NPR, and NPR refused to call him an abortion doctor. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a break, and then once we get back from the break, we will continue uh, this discussion about the Gosnell movie. Okay. 
All right, so welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. As you figured out, this is not Dave Ellswick, and this is not Tuesday at 5 o'clock. This is one half of the Bible Guys, Steve Hess, sitting in for Dave while he is on vacation. And we are talking about a very uncomfortable subject. We are talking about a movie um, that is going to be released next Thursday. You just heard the promo on it. Uh, and it's about something that nobody wants to talk about. It wants to talk about an abortionist, uh, a murderer, a serial killer, a story that the media barely covered. Uh, but again, I, I would imagine even some of the people probably turned off the radio when we first started talking about what we were going to talk about because they just don't like to talk about the wickedness yeah. that is abortion and what it means. We often hear phrases like it's a woman's right to choose, a woman's health issues. But when it comes down to it, uh, it's a it's the fact that a child is losing its life. Not because the other argument, which is um, either rape or incest or, mm-hmm. or health issues, probably, I don't know the percentage, um, she could probably give me the percentage on those, but the vast majority of them is a form of birth control, and that's what makes it murder, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But Voluntary. We, that's Outright right. murder, right. period. And, and when I've often, because, you know, I, because I'm a preacher, I often get this debate when people want to talk about it. They want to bring up those other, mm-hmm. you know, small percentage issues. But it's not. It's a form of birth control, which mm-hmm. just makes it murder. Uh, and I can't remember if I said this on air or during the break. But we are we are very uncomfortable watching an ISIS video where they chop people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're okay with the fact that it's done with a white coat in a in a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And we should be more so outraged and appalled uh, because it is what is the most innocent place on earth: the the, the womb of of, of a mother. Uh, the womb of a child, and it is a child. If this mm-hmm. was done to a live child, which in, which these were, mm-hmm. which is why he's in jail, uh, we should just be so appalled. But yeah. we, we're not, and part of it is because these stories are being hidden. But thank God this, this movie's coming out next week. So I want to turn it back over to Rose, see if she's got some more that she wants to add about the story, because I think she's going to be departing us soon. Yes, thank you. Um, the um, national release actually is going to be on October twelfth. These sneak previews are happening around the country. Hopefully, theaters in Arkansas will carry the motion picture when it has its national mm-hmm. national release date. So, really, this it. I hope not, but it could be the only opportunity to see the film uh, here in Little Rock. Um, I'm hoping that other theaters will carry it, but you know, it's a story that has to be told. People must come and see it um, to get the truth about what can happen. I mean, this was a worst-case scenario, but people who uh, champion abortion rights and the reproductive freedom of women, they knew what was happening in that that uh, yeah. Gosnell clinic, and they turned their back. Planned Parenthood had been there. The um, <laughs> governor, yeah. Tom Ridge, uh, ordered his health department not to inspect any abortion clinic it was a racket well he he was a republican governor he did not want uh, to you know mess with the reproductive rights yeah Yeah, just turn a blind eye he did he turned a blind eye and gosnell took advantage of it he was a drug dealer which is you know what in what was that was his undoing that's what got him (laughs) right but then when they went in there and and saw what was happening uh, another woman had died also but he was only charged with this one death of uh the uh, the mother who was there for a late term abortion, but you know this it does show you how callous those who claim to be for women often really are not for women. It you know abortion is a billion dollar industry, mm. and they do they go to great extremes to protect it, and even you know NPR refusing to call uh, refusing to accept advertising from um, the film producers on this film 
because they used the word abortion doctor. Hmm. They just wanted him to be called a doctor. Well, he he was an abortion doctor. He was never a certified OBGYN. He mm-hmm. only did abortions, and you know, so that that's what they were up, the producers were up against when they wanted to tell this story and bring it to the big screen. But you know, it got made anyway. Yeah, and awesome. people are going to come see it anyway, well, and the truth will be heard. That's right. I mean, yeah. NPR the the left, no, nobody can defend it. That's why they don't want to touch it. <laughs> They right. can't defend it. NPR couldn't defend that. Who could defend that? And t- shame on Tom Ridge right. for turning black. I mean, this guy got literally away with murder in amongst of other things that it sounded like the whole host of people had to know about it for him to be running all these drugs and do it. I mean, this is insane. Yeah, and to have Anne McElhenney here to speak about her experience uh, in writing the book, researching it, you know, she was just appalled. She, in fact, herself and her husband were pro-choice. I mean, they thought abortion was okay until they learned mm-hmm. through this making of this film, writing the book, how, you know, what it, what the truth of abortion is. Um, and you she know, totally it, changed her position, did she She did, not? she did, and... Yeah. Um, now this film has some great actors in it. Mm-hmm. Dean Kane is the lead Love role, it. you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, Nick Searcy is the director and uh, acts in it also. So you know, th- this is a very well done film. People wow. will, uh, you you know, n- hate to say enjoy, but at least you know it's a great story. They're not going to be bored. It runs about ninety minutes, I think. You know, so um, come out Thursday evening, get to know Anne McElhenney. She will have her book there. She'll be signing them and. And um, it, it's going to be a, a, a great event for anybody who wants to know the truth about, you know, the reality of abortion and how ugly it really is. Everyone should see this movie. Well, and exposing the media. I don't care how bad it is. Everyone. And I'll yeah. tell you, I've got a little girl. She, she's not even 11. She won't be 11 by the time this movie comes out. And we will be at that movie. And my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, will watch this movie and see the truth, the cold hard truth out there of, of just the evil in this world and in this country nonetheless and uh i encourage everyone everyone don't turn your dial off during this program while we're talking about this and do not turn a blind eye to this it's not okay the left have been ingenious Mm -hmm. at sanitizing this topic and this isn't a topic this is about a life that's right and they have sanitized it to make it clean and simple and like you said the whole white coat thing and it is an abomination and it is time for people to get mad about it again. And it's time for the right to take this back from the left and quit letting them frame the narrative and quit letting them pick and choose the words that if you go over the line, then now you're a right-wing nut. Be a right-wing nut. Who cares? I'm a right-wing nut. I'm proud to be a right-wing nut. (laughs) I mean, I'm like a little... Allie McBeal, Sarah Palin, Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> Regina George's we, mom from Mean Girl, or like <laughs> all into one. I mean, I'm just different. But man, y'all just own this stuff. You got to own truth here. Maybe you can help me with the the. I know the phrase. I think it came from a book or maybe in an article that we've lost our. No, does anybody blush anymore? I can't remember where the phrase comes from, but we've lost our outrage. Yeah. This is something yeah. that should outrage us all. But yeah. because we don't, because as you said. Uh, we've allowed them to frame the narrative, use the words to what it. We've allowed them to do everything in this country, is. right? And, yes, and we're not we're not furious anymore about right. it, right? 
And so we need to uh, get angry. So I'd encourage everybody to come out, see the movie. I want to thank Rose for coming on and talking about it. So thank you. you, were thank, leaving you thank you. Thank right, you. Thank you. Thank you. So go and catch the movie next Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, this is Steve Hess sitting in for Dave, who is on vacation. And I want to thank him for the opportunity to be able to do this. And we are looking forward to see which direction uh, this whole conversation goes. You didn't um, know you were going to be a lion tamer today, did you? <laughs> no, no. Um, as I joked about, he gives a, a preacher a microphone for two hours and, and basically said to go. <laughs> right. And so, you know, we, here we, we just get done talking about one of the most horrific things in modern times. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a topic that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. It's a topic that we, as we were saying, that we want to soften the language yeah. down. Well, and that's why we got to talk about that's it. That's right. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, and it skeeves me out so bad. Yeah. But we must talk about it because that's how come the other side yeah. has been able to prevail. And I right. get We're it. We're all running from the it. They're still talking. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not been the last couple of years that I've finally got another fire back inside of me after all these years that the left has just slowly put out, you know, on the fire in me and then fire and people like you where you just turn a blind eye. You just can't watch it because you get so enraged, you There's know, a, and uh, I finally am like, no, I can't. I, no, I can't turn a blind eye anymore. There's a biblical story um, that uh, the children of Israel, one of, one of their forms of worship in the false gods, was uh, through Molech. And Molech um, is a is an adaptation of the Hebrew word for Melech, which means king. So they're basically acknowledging uh, Molech as their king, as their god. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they did to worship that god is they would take their live children and burn them in the hands of Molech. And they would burn them alive. And we look at that. Like a sacrifice, right? Right. And everybody else that you would tell that to would be as appalled as you were when you first heard it. But as I said, using the example of ISIS or whatever it is, it's okay as long as it's done in the the, um, uh, sanitized white coat room with Mm -hmm. a knife. And we should be equally appalled. Mm -hmm. But we're not as a nation. And and it's mainly because – Nobody wants to talk about it, mm-hmm. and because the language has been changed on us, to it just has. think it's we're talking about women's reproductive rights yeah. or women's health, and a woman's right to choose, or yeah. with, uh, to choose to kill her well, baby. I, I have an opinion about when her right to choose, you know, right. at what point in this process yeah. that occurred, and it wasn't after you became pregnant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but the, where are the voices from? Um, I, and I think there are more. I think there has been a shift in this nation. Uh, that there are a lot more women that are making the choice to not have an abortion. We have seen mm-hmm. that the numbers have dropped. But where are the, the voices to say that um, there is there is help out there? I see billboards and I hear advertisements and there, there are things that come forward to say, hey, uh, there yeah. is help for you and you can have that baby and you will be able to take care of it. There's so many programs that will help with diapers, with food, with so much that you don't have to kill it right and and think about this if we don't even want to think about it then how about people who are in that situation they don't want to think about it either and they have no idea to know that there is support for them out there because our culture doesn't allow that yeah but here's because we're all quiet about it those of us who know better well here's the thing the left the democrats have their masters at silencing the right and have been for years you know as as if making us feel like we're the minority just the everyday average level-headed rational american yes making us feel but in not true but you feel that way so don't operate on your feelings folks but we are in a different age and i just feel like and I hope, and you know how passionate I am about school shootings and wanting to get a mommy movement started or whatever. It, you know, we've got Moms Demand Action on this side 
on the left, of course, they've got their big guns and, you know, being funded by these big power. Le- well, where are the right in getting galvanized? We, the left has been doing this for years and they're masters at it. Right. Where Where is the right in this? Why can't we do the same thing? Why can't we can? Trust me, the money's there. The people are out there. OK, it's just. You know, I don't know how to do it, but I mean, sort well, of for for the for the for the abortion, you know, the murdering of babies. Why don't we get galvanized? And like you said, where is is we've the, become complacent? We have, and it's time to not be. Not only that, my husband and I have had this conversation at home a couple of times, and he's changed his opinion. But he would say, "Well, you know, we don't want to lower ourselves to the level that they're at." Well, my comment is, it's the gun and the knife. Mm-hmm. argument you know right. if they're fighting in the street with guns i ain't going to get anywhere if i walk down there with a knife mm-hmm. right and if they're down there with the guns then i better go get a gun right or else i'm gonna right. lose and right. that's just all there is they have taken our discussion to the lowest it, level yeah. it does not mean that you have to be like them that's right to operate on that level right and i think i've changed his mind over time because i'm like you know we have to learn to fight back Right. against what they're doing and you're going to have and to that's use why so many are it doesn't mean We're, it doesn't mean you have to do immoral things but you certainly have to put yourself in a different mindset you can't i don't think we're going to get anywhere sitting around saying well we're just more right. my thing about the conservatives is oh we just don't do that sort of thing we're not like that which is why and that's how why Trump you're got winning to where he, just let that's them right they're not like a bunch of idiots that's right and the just, people you know, that want to be heard and, need to be and, heard yeah and we yeah. just sit back and just roll our eyes or just whatever but we're in the age of social media y'all there's no excuse for us not not uprising over these issues there's just not i mean we, so let me roll this back to this movie people are scared to post about these things they're terrified right. to even touch one of those those posts or whatever and a lot of it has to do with you know their job they work for a left-wing you know democrat or they were you know and it could be literally a job that has nothing to do with politics they're so or their church or their friends like they're just scared to own who they are mm-hmm. like that i mean i'm not you know but i mean it, it causes it does cause our but i mean I, if I put something out there, you can come at me all you want because you can bet I can back it up or I wouldn't have put it out there, okay? And I'm going to put it out there. And I don't do – I don't even get bogged down with just doing it all the time. I do fun stuff on Facebook too. But I'm just saying, like, there's no excuse. Right. There's no excuse. <laughs> right. So if you feel like we feel, you should go to the movie next Thursday night. Yeah. You should tell your friends. This is an exclusive screening. The movie doesn't yeah. get released till October the 12th. And it, like Rose said, I was not aware that it may not even be shown in Little Rock. Yeah. It's possible. Well, this movie's a great start for getting galvanized and getting yeah. a, a uh, go learn about pro something. life, a real pro life, right. uh, you know. And it's again, report. it's not a review so much of what Mr. Gosnell did. It is a little. It's really about what the, the whole, media didn't the, what do. the media did not do, right. and how we have not allowed these stories to be talked about. Yeah, now, I think there is a what's the old phrase about the silent majority. And I do think there are more people out there, and that's what drove to Trump. But I think that we just kind of sit back, and we just really – it's when we get to the level of anger, then it comes. Mm-hmm. Then I think then it's going to roll. Uh, and so I'm hoping – We're there on a lot of things right we now. Are, we I, need to get there on this. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know about you all, but the stuff that's going on in the news this week is really roiling me up, and it's raising <gasps> oh, my before you guys do Before you guys do that, <laughs> let, me t- let me say this. Um, I everything that I do, the way I live my life, what I believe is about the spiritual. Okay, what changed 
We, we have spent billions of dollars fighting a drug war. Mm-hmm. You are never going to prevent people from getting drugs. They will always find a way. The drug cartels Come will be on. the first people to create the beam from Star Trek. Just so whatever it is, they mm-hmm. will use science. They will use whatever it is that they can to get the drugs because there's always a need. Uh, the abortionists are going to find a way to be able to kill children because there's going to be uh, women, and I will say this, men who didn't stand up and take responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not, we always frame the argument about women, but there are, it it's takes both. two. It and takes the men, two. The man has decided not to step up in many cases. But what has to change that is the spiritual condition, the moral condition of the people. If you, if you have a revival, if you have a change in people's spirits, a change in people's hearts, then they can make all the drugs they want. They can make all the abortion clinics they want. They won't be filled. Mm-hmm. And that's what really needs to happen and have a transformation in this nation because we can pass laws all day long. But we're rebellious at heart. What started this nation? We started this nation in rebellion. We rebelled against England. So, all right, sounds like I'm going to pause there, but it sounds like we've got a we call. Got a caller. Oh, boy. I suppose to push Dwayne? Is Dwayne there? Yeah. Hey, Dwayne, this is Steve. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm on the way to Little Rock to the VA, so I figured I would call and get y'all all wound up. <laughs> all right, oh, Dwayne. What do you got? Well, part of... Um, what you're talking about is, you know, 99% of it is the church's fault. Because we got hirelings that sit in the pulpit who will not tell people the truth because they don't want them to miss the offering plate. <laughs> and so we'll pet each other's little things that we want to do. And then eventually, the, you know, the monster you feed is the monster that grows. Um, what I really wanted to get, I know y'all didn't really talk about Kavanaugh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he knows that. I, I heard uh, Rush, I was to Rush Limbaugh uh, yesterday, and he says, he, he said, I wonder how many, you know, everybody assumes that this, uh, this Me Too movement, that it's just a male, it's just a male thing, you know, men on women. How many men will call in and say, you know, when they were at a party, that a female sat down beside them and started playing with their junk and and are are, are kissing them or, or whatever you know it, it's it's like it's like uh, females never do this kind of stuff and it's like you know well man I, I, I'm gonna tell you something I have been around uh, some you know females that uh they they can talk they can talk pretty good I'm gonna tell you like that they they can get down and and get dirty with you so I'm I'm just wondering. When is it going to be this, you know, we always talk about, for a long time, we've talked about women and equal rights, okay? Well, when do, when, do, when do the guys get the same rights? I mean, the, the automatically this woman shows up out of nowhere, and she's making this accusation. Uh, she don't want to come talk. She doesn't want to testify or whatever because she's trying to forget it and all this stuff, and her feelings are so hurt, and, you know, but... But we just automatically supposed to believe her. Well, the, no, the, no, we the don't. We don't right. have well, to the answer to your question. Her that's what her law. That's what her lawyer is saying. Well, no, we just all uh, yeah. just believe her because she made that accusation. Yeah. with you, lady? I'm, no, not not even happening. But I, I'd be really interested to hear about um, high school folks calling in and say, <laughs> you know, how, how 
uh, playful. The ladies can be in certain areas. Well, there's no and doubt about that. A drink or two. I mean, we, have a good day. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Dwayne. The answer to I, I don't your listen question. Listen later. Listen right. later. Start <laughs> picking apart college kids yeah, and high school kids here. Which they're I mean, really going to take this further later got a on. Problem, this then they afternoon. need to alert somebody. But I, this that's a whole nother. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. Well, I think the answer to your question is: is when it, when is it going to be brought up for the men's issue? Right now, you deal with the, well, the uh, yeah. statistics. I'm not sure what their issue is. And but, the statistics yeah. is the vast majority of this that happens is from men doing this to most women. Most time, men don't turn the women and down. Most and most of the time, it, men aren't going to respond. But you know, if you're a man out there and you've been sexually assaulted by a woman and you're offended, go turn a man. Right. 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 I mean, I don't know. That's the only way I know to answer that question. What's fair is fair. Now, I don't know if they're. I mean, I, that, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a subject that gets everybody riled up on so many different. Yeah. There's so many different ways of looking at the whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about something else. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Steve Hess, sitting in for the vacationing Dave. Uh, we started off the hour with um, Rose Mims from the Arkansas Right to Life talking about this Gosnell movement, and we've kind of continued that theme after the bottom of the hour with a break with some other kind of wonderings. Uh, but I think we'll probably close out this last part, maybe continuing that theme about where is the um, where is that silent majority? Where is our moral outrage to this? This is something that we should be really marching the streets over. Uh, something that was glossed over. I mean, I was. When we when I first found out that this is what we were going to talk about, I vaguely remembered the story, and it just seems like that's one of those things that we would be constantly talking about. Sure. And you look what uh, Dwayne brought up about this whole Kavanaugh thing, which we are, we know you guys are going to talk about later mm-hmm. on. But why is that plastered all over the news? We know the political bent by it. Yeah. But why are, why are we not so offended in mm-hmm. this nation about what is going on? Because uh, this still goes on. This mm-hmm. was just the big story. This was the extreme story. Sure. Uh, but even if you don't find one this extreme, we are still carving children from their mother's ethnic and throwing cleansing. them in the trash. That's right. Well, ethnic what's, cleansing. What's behind it, and I'm going to be real extreme here, what's behind it is we think it's okay to use sex – in any way we humanly wish to use it, and yet we don't want to deal with consequences right. morally That's right. or physically. And it's a very powerful force. Yeah. That's why there's all the moral uh, structure surrounding this issue. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it's women's right to choose to go and have unprotected sex and, oh, well, but if there's consequences, I'll just kill the baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, you're you're ruining your own self. Right. I mean, if if nothing else, you're killing another child, another human being. But you have morally bankrupted yourself, and it's just appalling to well, me. Well, I you know I, I'll tell you I know a lot of women. I've got I've had I've lived in Arkansas my whole life, especially in Little Rock until I moved in 2007, 44 years old, and. I've got a lot of women friends over the years, and very just a very few handful are pro pro choice, pro murder. Okay, is what it is, pro murder, um, and the rest of them are completely the same way of thinking that I am. Again, a huge majority of them, and and men too. Most men are are pro life. Okay, well, we were and, taught the proper place for sex between a man and a right. woman and any consequences that occur in that structure 
are taken care of appropriately. Mm. And, and the idea that, yeah, I can just go out and do whatever I want to do, and I'm not going to be personally responsible for the consequences. Yeah. And drives I know me crazy. women that, that have had the abortions, and they regret it every single second that's the moral of their bankruptcy. life. That's the moral bankruptcy. And that's, that's, that's the story I've heard from anybody I've ever – even women I just – for some reason, we had a conversation and it came up, and I didn't even know him until a stranger. It doesn't matter. Any woman I've ever I've ever come in contact in my forty four years of living, every single woman that has ever had an abortion, whether I knew them well, didn't know them well, whatever, they regretted it, and they they literally it was something they literally couldn't live with, but had to. And this is a consequence of what shifted in our culture. A mm-hmm. lot of people attributed it back to the sixties, and we know that. Prior, and they know a lot of them turned to drugs because right. they're too so upset over what they did. You see the, the right. whole rabbit hole thing. And prior to that, there was these occasional. It would happen, but it was more rare. Where there were all of these out of wedlock pregnancies mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Uh, and but when we shifted that to where now everybody's just promiscuous all the time mm-hmm. without no now consequences. We, now we don't want consequences. To yeah, those we actions. just don't want to do with the consequences. Right, and and that's that's really what kind of led to this, and it led to what to killing. Mm-hmm. It didn't lead to mm-hmm. um, a, a different form of control uh, or a moral change. It led to murder. To yeah. justify it always our will. Yeah. We are fallen people. This just yeah. occurred. If we to don't me. go up, we're going to go That's the right. other direction. That's Have right. you ever heard? Curious out there, you listening to and and or has has this never been said by? When's the last time, or have you ever heard a woman say, "Yes, uh, uh, my pro choice, whatever she wants to call herself, pro choice." Yes, I had an abortion. I, it was the best choice I ever made. I'll never regret it. Oh, there's been it. a few. Hey. There's been a few lefties that have been out there fairly like recently. Well, there's been a few out two. there fairly recently saying, "Oh, you know, this is the greatest thing since peanut butter." They're, they're you know? wearing, wearing t-shirts, uh, 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 selling t-shirts yep. that say, "I had abortion today." Okay, so maybe four or five yeah. women, but they okay. get put out because they're right. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll say this again. Dave often reminds me of this, so I have to remind myself. These are the things that us humans think about these things, but whether these women regret or not in their human lives they all do every one of them do. they will all be brought to judgment right and it's not up to us humans yeah that's, that's not it right. i'm just saying from their perspective every single one of them every single one of them, i've not come across one woman and i you know you're you're a minister i'm sure you've dealt with with women that mm-hmm. women I mean, and, and that I mean we're human beings we've all dealt with uh, everyone i've ever talked to that had one regretted it not yeah. one say that that was the best yeah. decision they ever and, made. and and a lot of them were actually uh pro-choice when they did it yep. you know and, so so back to the movie if you believe in this sort of thing yeah you need to come out you need and to come it. out and support this movie you need to help spread the word we need to take this topic back yeah and, and i it invite it you people on the left to come watch this right. movie with us i you can sit <laughs> by me i won't say your crossword i i encourage you i challenge you i dare you to come sit with <laughs> us and watch this movie i would respect the hell out of you because you need to see what you're supporting you need to see it right. with your own eyes. And my daughter's going to see it. Right. And she's only 10. She's going to see it. And in fact, she's I don't know that they would want to sit next to you. I'm a very <laughs> nice person. We can talk the breeze and talk about the Razorbacks or something. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. That'll I just, be a short conversation. Very short. I just, I just have this vision of, of a leftist sitting next to you and you're watching and you're going, see? See? I'm not scared see of them. They might see, be scared to sit you. by me. I, told you. I ain't got cooties or nothing. But I mean, somebody. Yeah. In fact, my friend Tamala, if you're listening, sweetie, and you're going to be in 
town. You come to that movie with me and oh, my boy. Joe. All right, me so and you need to sit next to each other. We're coming to the end of the hour of the first hour of the Dave Ellswick show, and we are getting ready to take a break. And next hour, we've got uh, Matthew Hurt from Americans uh, for Prosperity, who's going to come in and talk about uh, not so much prison reform, but reform for criminal justice. Sure. Uh, so that should be another interesting topic, and we just hope you hang on. We'll see you the next hour. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, this is Steve Hess sitting in for the vacationing Dave. Uh, we have completed our first hour, which was obviously a hot-button topic. We mm-hmm. wanted to talk about this Gosnell movie that is coming out next Thursday, and obviously that um, talking about the horrific horrificness of what this man did and how much the, the media just uh, covered it up and didn't want to talk mm-hmm. about it because it destroys their narrative, and obviously it just couldn't help but lead into a discussion about the um, moral decline and some of the other issues that we have in this nation with regards to just throwing children in the trash yeah. and calling it a and choice. This is more but, than just uh, the media covering it up. Top, they didn't report on it. Yeah. I mean, very little. Uh, yeah, very right. like. I mean, I'm telling y'all, I didn't know a thing about this. But now we're going to shift thing. gears a little bit, and we're going to be talking to a Matthew Hurt for from uh, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, and he has a couple different uh, topics and programs um, that he is working on and promoting. Um, Matthew, are you on? I am, Steve. It's great to be with you guys. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the Americans Prosperity and, and exactly what you do and what they sure. do? So, so Americans for Prosperity, we are in we're in 36 states, including right here in Arkansas. Uh, you got a great state director, Ryan Norris, out there who's doing just tremendous work. Um, really breaking down barriers. You know, our, our network breaks down barriers, both internal and external, that prevent people from achieving their full potential. And that looks like a range of different things. It looks like, you know, empowering uh, young entrepreneurs to go out and create that next big idea uh, to, to uh, you know, moms and dads at the, at the dinner table putting together a family budget uh, to folks who have been impacted by our criminal justice system you know what happens and for the next hour i guess we're going to talk about uh what it means to to experience the criminal justice system and what it means to rehabilitate those who have who have had experience in the criminal justice system and how to when when they are released what we do to empower them to go and improve their own lives and improve their community amen that um well to give you a little bit of background for me uh i normally sit on tuesdays at uh five and do a segment called the bible guys where we take questions about the bible and i have uh, i also do a prison ministry um at at, uh, tucker maximum security prison here in arkansas and so i'm kind of interested and i'm a little bit surprised because when i heard about this organization i've heard about different people talk about the americans for prosperity this would not have even actually entered my mind as part of your mission so i find this very intriguing it's, it's really wonderful to see, and, and thank you for your work in, in the prison ministry. Uh, in fact, in, in 2013, the Southern Baptist Convention um, passed a resolution empowering and encouraging their communities, their churches, and the leaders in those churches to work closely with the criminal justice system to, to work in the communities, to work in the jails and prisons to help rehabilitate. So what we're seeing with the work that, that, that you do and the work that others do across the country uh, that there are community-based initiatives uh, that are religious in nature, that are non-religious, and, and they're working uh, across communities to help improve people's lives. And that's really one of the cool things about uh, what Americans for Prosperity and what our network is doing now, 
you know, if you talk to us, you know, when, when, when Dave joined on, gosh, a decade ago, um, you know, we were, the, we were the tax and spend people. We were, we were opposed to higher taxes and, and opposed to outrageous spending. And, uh, and that's, really, that's really advanced and, and grown over the last, particularly the last two years, because we realized that it's not always the fiscal issues which, uh, which inhibit our ability to pursue our American dream or to empower others to, uh, to pursue their dreams. You know, I saw a, um, I think it was um, a Facebook video, and it was interviewing this homeless man. And they they uh, asked him how he got to this this state and how he ended up living on the street, and he said, "Well, this is exactly where society wants me." Mm-hmm. And I, at first, then my my ears kind of perk up because I hear I hear victim is you know I hear victimization is what I hear when somebody says something like that. But then he told a story, and his story was that is that he had a felony. He served I think twelve or fifteen years, and when he came out. He said that he could not get a job, he could not get an apartment, and he tried all the different programs, but nobody would ever give him a chance because of the nature of his crime and because he had this felony. And it, and it got me thinking about how much of us do we have this mentality that whenever we hear that, whenever we hear somebody they just got out of prison, we immediately get nervous instead of saying, you know what, something might have changed, something might have transformed in their lives, and there are many who will not allow them to have jobs. So, I, again, I think your program is very interesting. Well, and, and what we've seen in, in, in that story in particular and in others across the country is, is we are looking to, trans, to help people transform their lives and transform society. I've got a, a great story. I don't know uh, if, if your listenership is, is familiar with, uh, with Mike Rowe, previously a dirty job. Yeah. Uh, Mike Rowe has a great show on Facebook right now uh, where he goes into communities and looks for those people who are really paying it forward. Uh, and, and in the first season of that show, he talked about a, a woman by the name of Ma Harper in San Antonio, Texas. And Ma Harper, she runs a, a Creole kitchen, and she hires people, uh, primarily, primarily men who go through the criminal justice system. She hires those individuals as they, as they leave prison, and she loves on them, and she gives them that opportunity. And, and they go out, and they, they, you know, they make something of themselves. And so given those opportunities to break down not only those internal barriers that that, that put people in a situation where they are committing crimes, where they maybe it's a breakdown of morality or it's a breakdown of a sense of self-worth or whatever it happens to be, and then those external barriers, which when they get out, you know, we want them to be, and 95% of people who go through the prison system will, will get out of prison. And so what do we do when they return to our communities? We break right. down those external barriers that prevent them from getting employment and, and getting a car and getting to work. No, that's good. I will tell you, though, that um, there, though we don't want to make it sound like it, that they're all um, not getting a fair shake or a fair opportunity, because I will tell you that my experiences so far is the guys who have an opportunity, when, we get, when we're able to witness the guys and you start to see a transformation, I often tell people that one of the most powerful things that I've ever seen is to watch a man who's in prison for taking life and then watch him break. It's actually one of the things that I enjoy most in life is to watch a man get broke and get transformed. But I've also seen those guys who refuse to be transformed. And there are those guys who then they get out with refusal to be transformed. So sometimes there's a um, a justified, you know, of wanting to be somewhat distant um, and, and trying to find that balance between those guys that took an opportunity for this, this situation in their life and actually transformed it, uh, because I can also tell you why they're in there, and they can actually learn to be better criminals 
and to be more corrupt because just seeing some of the things I see within the system itself, uh, if it's not – if they're not in programs that are that are leading them to change, then they really won't come out transformed simply because they were locked up. You know, I was listening to a story of a man named Darren in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, and he had – he had, uh, he had gotten addicted to meth, and he had gotten his wife addicted and his children addicted, and he, he was sentenced ultimately to seven years in prison, um, and then that sentence was extended to 10 years, and he said in that first seven years, he wasn't ready to, to reform himself. And, and, he, and he said this, and this is what was powerful to me. He said, you know, John 3.16 doesn't mean anything to somebody who isn't ready to hear it. That's right. Right. And, 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 and he said, he said, when, when the judge extended his sentence from seven to ten years, in that three-year period, he realized he was broken. He realized what, what had gone wrong in his life, and he set about uh, not only transforming himself, but now that he's out, he speaks to those communities of, of men, primarily of men, who, who, uh, who, who are in that situation, who maybe aren't ready to listen uh, and aren't ready to transform their lives. Yeah, I had unfortunately I had the experience on um, yesterday when I was down there that one of the guys that was supposed to go up parole who actually had one of those moments in in one of our sessions and uh, teaching times where I really thought that the Lord was getting a hold of him he ends up getting thrown in the hole because he got into a fight two weeks before he was go for parole and I just oh, I just man. looked at him and was like you know you're not ready you know so it's yeah. it's a good thing that this has happened uh, and but when they do get out though. Uh, I, and there are two cases of men that that, um, that I minister to that are out now. Uh, one has uh, gone back to his home state, and the other one is here locally. Um, but they are in the process of transforming their lives. They took the events of the years that they were locked up, and um, and they got they got saved, they got right, and now they're out living lives, and and they've they've been given chances. There's a couple of them that they've been given jobs, and now they're back in their community, and they're they're. Uh, renting a place and getting cars and they're just starting to integrate back into society so uh it is possible it is possible and and you know right there in little rock and uh you know like i said we're all over the country i was i was talking to the producer before the show started and and i, and I spent a few days in fargo north dakota uh earlier this week and i'm and i'm actually talking to you today from arlington virginia to spend my time all over the country but right there in little rock there's an organization called the exodus project uh, which which a, a congressman will talk about here later later this hour um, is a community organization that works with businesses that works with religious leaders that works with uh, with folks in the community to empower those uh, those men and women who are going through the system so that when they are ready as you mentioned a few minutes ago when they're ready to to hear a message to to, to hear a message of redemption, be it, be it religious or secular or otherwise, mm-hmm. um, those tools and resources are, are at their disposal to go and, 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 as we've said, transform their lives. I was surprised this this um, this opportunity for me came kind of fell into my lap. It wasn't something that I felt like I was called to do, but about a year and a half ago it happened. This actually transformed me. Um, and to have this happen and now see what's going on and then to find out actually uh, how big the um, prison ministry and, and just people who in general who mm-hmm. have devoted so much of their time to find out that there are people that d- have devoted their life to go into these forgotten people mm-hmm. and, and just to try it's and incredible. help them. It really is. And so it's kind of it, – that has ministered to me to realize how many people are actually doing this. It's, you don't get well, – you don't get TV shows. Yeah, you don't get you spots don't hear on, about the, them. Right, yeah, on the big Christian network. Yeah. That's right. But they are. Well, and and, yeah. and, and you, you, think, you think about um, all, these, all these men and women who, who find themselves in, in that situation. And, and, and it's what we call at Americans for Prosperity 
uh, a virtuous cycle in the sense that, um, you know, a year and a half ago, Steve, you didn't know uh, that you would be in this position. And, and, and you've, you've come to a place in your life where you understand uh, a greater aspect of what your role is, what your mission is, and you're able to go out and improve your life and then improve the lives of those around you. It's, it's really awesome to see uh, what we can do, and especially as conservatives, where yeah. we are rightfully concerned about the size and scope of government. You know, how can we empower community organizations, families, churches, and others uh, to step up where, where government has all too often failed us? Right. They have failed because it wasn't their job. There was a reason. It's one thing I always say, being a, man, being a man that started a church, understanding filing for a 501c3, understand the reason it was given to the church. The church was mm-hmm. supposed to have freedom for funds. 501s are supposed to have that freedom because it's supposed to be their job to go out and take care of these things. It's not the government's job. And so we, as and I, I will say, you know, speaking to my fellow brethren of the Lord, it's our job to go out and do this ministry, and it's our job to go out and and adopt children, speaking of the last hour segment, to go to the soup kitchens. It's not the government's job to have all of these programs. That's part of the reason why the government has blown to the size that it is, because in part, not just the church, but society as a whole has kind of failed to reach out to these people, uh, whatever, whatever part of that was, whether the orphan, the widow, the imprisoned, the sick, whatever the case is. It's almost a flavor. It's almost a flavor. Hey, Matt, it's Elizabeth. It's almost a flavor of what you said earlier, Steve. It's almost a flavor of, well, this is kind of something I really don't want to deal with. I don't really want to think about it much. It's not, right. it's not pleasant. So let me just ignore this whole part of society. These people who have gone and paid their debt mm-hmm. to society, I don't believe should have to have that over their heads for the rest of their lives. That's right. All right. Well, well, and I think that is, that is an important point. If I, if I could just for a moment, that's sure. an important point that, that people who, wrong someone in society, if you break the law, if you, uh, if you violate your neighbor, if you, if you engage in something that we as a, as a society has, has deemed uh, inappropriate, then you should, you should be, you, you know, you should uh, be called to, to task for those actions. And what does that look like? It looks like, in many instances, prison time. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like rehabilitation. It, it just depends on what it is. And as a society, uh, particularly right now, you know, President Trump who ran as a law and order candidate for president um, is, 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 is a tough on crime kind of guy that right. he's expressed support for a lot of these policies. Right. Okay. Well, well we're, we're going to, we're at a break, Matt. So if you could hold on for a minute and we'll come back and maybe we can hear about uh, the first step program or some of the other programs that, um, that uh, Americans for Prosperity does. All right. This is Steve Hess sitting in for Dave Ellswick. Uh, we are speaking with uh, Matt Hurt from the Americans for Prosperity. Uh, having a good discussion on um, what we need to do, what our role is in talking about people who have been released uh, from prison, who are looking to get a new lease on life, and how we should maybe approach that and some programs that might be out there to help them, and then maybe how we should view them after they got out. Are you still there, Matt? I sure am. All right. Uh, is there any other topics, programs that you maybe want to elaborate on? We've just got a couple more minutes. Maybe we can just hit some high points and then come back and get into the depths of the programs or maybe something that we could do here to, to help those programs? Yeah, you know, I think an important term to sort of understand for the listeners is this, this notion of recidivism. And what that means is, is the likelihood that someone will return to prison upon their initial release. And so uh, the recidivism rate is the rate at which people return. And here's a, here's a pretty shocking number that, uh, that even Attorney General Jeff Sessions says is, is just way too high. It says within three years of release, 
about two-thirds, or 67.5% of those who are released are rearrested. And within five years of release, about three-quarters, up to 76.5% of released prisoners are, are rearrested. Uh, and so what, what we've seen in states that have embraced uh, programs to reduce that, and one example is Arizona, is that their recidivism rate for prisoners who are in this program, which we'll talk about after the, after the next break, uh, that recidivism rate drops like a rock to 11%. Wow. One, yeah. Wow. And, and, and so, as, as Steve, as you mentioned before the, 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 the most recent break, uh, you know, working with these individuals uh, so that they are prepared to reenter society is really uh, does a tremendous amount of good for just a little bit of investment, in, in, and we'll talk about the First Step Act and what that does and, uh, uh, after the break, but that's, that's really the big thing. Another shocking set of numbers for you, uh, just before we go, is, is that there are 20 state prisons in Arkansas. There's about 17,000 inmates with another six transitional prisons uh, with almost 2,000 residents who are transitioning back into society, usually on the parole, and each inmate costs taxpayers in Arkansas $22,000 a year. And the last number uh, that we'll just chat about briefly is, is there are currently in Arkansas 58,000 reentered citizens on probation or parole. And so it's very likely that your listeners know someone. I think it's about one in 38 Arkansas adults uh, are, have either been through the prison system or are on probation or on parole at this time. So it's likely that we know someone in our own community uh, who has been through the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a uh, well, that's, yeah, and you know, I was gonna say on the recidivism rate, you know, if I mean, you just leave them in there to rot, yeah, they're gonna they're well, gonna reoffend. And and the thing is, in jail, what people gotta understand, and I've never been to jail, um, and I can say after the break or whatever, I can talk about how I know where I'm coming from with with kind of understanding this, but um, they get a, a Stockholm syndrome type thing, and they get comfortable, and they don't really realize it until they get out. Mm. And a lot of time, it's almost like it, that's their safe place. They're told when to eat, mm-hmm. when to drink, when to go play in the playground. You know, they're, t- I mean, literally their whole days are structured for all this time and they can't wait to get out. And then when they get out, it's like, man, there's some of them that go do stuff literally on purpose mm-hmm. to go back because they're being taken care of there. That's the where, that's that all I, they know. The one guy that I ministered to that I spoke after he got out. Uh, I asked him how he was really doing after we had had some general conversations, and one of the things he expressed that he had never experienced fear until he was out, out. completely alone, um, with no family, no place. He was staying in a new place. No, he'd he'd yeah. been in since he was eighteen years old. This he is all he had no known. acceptance. Yeah. There was no, you know, back and in the. They really the, need the support, and if we don't want that yeah. recidivism rate to stay up, then we need to support them. But. We uh, need to take a break, and we will come back with uh, Matthew Hurt for, with Americans for Prosperity after the break. Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Steve Hess sitting in for Dave, who is vacationing. I have no idea where he's at. All I know is he's on vacation. On the beach, baby. All he's right. safe from all the women coming up <laughs> in the 4 o'clock hour. we got three uh, amazing, Actually, he's phenomenal, on vacation with his wife. A fourth not. one coming on on the on the. Then, calling in and Juanita Broderick at 5 o'clock. Oh, it's wow. Yeah, it's a, probably a good thing I got to go at yeah, the top of the hour yeah, yeah, and just yeah. turn this Poor over with you guys. I was going to make the comment that you have survived the day with all the estrogen. Yeah, but I've, I've, been, uh, I've been married for 25 years and I have three daughters. There so you are. Uh, well, you're yeah, well equipped. Yeah. You're perfect. Well right. equipped. Yes. I, can, I can handle yes. this real easy. They force yeah. me to become sensitive. Yeah. And, 
they forced to, you, right? Yeah, they forced me. I told Elizabeth. If you start talking firm and direct to young girls, they start crying, and that just ends the conversation. So. Yeah. I, My husband's the same way. Please don't cry. Right. I told Elizabeth, I said, it's good Dave's not here today anyway, because with me and Elizabeth and Hannah and then get Juanita Broderick on at 5 o'clock, he would not get a word but, in edgewise is, today. Isn't she the one that accused Mr. Clinton of raping. Okay. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. I'll be yeah, with yeah. that. <laughs> who, by the way, for everybody her. out there that doesn't know, Diane Feinstein was the one who shut her down back hmm. then, too. Okay. Who is the same one that has the letter from Miss Blasey, whatever her name is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't memorized her whole name. I it's think, a long name. I think we have an I, idea of what that hour is going to be like. I've seen one picture yeah. of her, and that's about. Okay, so oh, we, I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh, that's I for the next we hour. Yeah, we've oh. got. We still have Matthew Hurd <laughs> so on the phone sorry. from American Prosperity. Sorry, right. Matt. Sorry. Oh my goodness. But we do want to yeah. have him uh, talk about uh, this first step program and some other uh, programs that are out there for for some of the. Uh, uh, prisoners who are making it back into society. So take it away, Matt. You, you know, you guys are having a blast over there. I wish that that plane from Minneapolis at, at <laughs> this morning had diverted through Little Rock. <laughs> we have fun. We through the weekend. You can come see us anytime, Mr. Hurt. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I forgot you were still with us. I got off on Kavanaugh and ooh, I just took off. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of headlines, and and, and we are we are in the the age of, of the constant media cycle with headlines <laughs> all the time, and so and, and look, it's it's important to uh, the the as they say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease in politics, and and it has been our our hope and our desire that we make this criminal justice reform wheel squeak. Yeah. Yes, um, be- because because we're we're you know we're trying to break through the noise and 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 I just uh, I think it's important for your listeners to know and, uh, uh, and and for you guys to know that that President Trump has really led on this issue. He is he is in May when the House passed the First Step Act by an overwhelming majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all but eight Republicans in the House voted for it. Uh, more than half of Democrats voted for it in a, in a in a time and an era where Republicans and Democrats are not working together uh, in Washington for the benefit of the American people. Quite often in state capitals, they work together to raise their taxes. Sure. Uh, but, but, but when folks are not working together in Washington, this has been a, a really striking uh, opportunity to bring these diverse groups together, Republicans and Democrats, President Trump uh, and, and the folks who are working with, you know, Kim Kardashian in the White House. Yeah, uh, and, and and it's and it's and, and, and people people are talking about this, and people are saying, yeah, this is this is stuff that we care about because we have family members who've been through the system, or we know somebody who's been through the system, mm-hmm. and and so if we can empower one of, one of the one of the crazy statistics that just it just blows my mind for every and and, and we are using fact based research that we're uh, partnering with universities across the country. Um, and, and, and prison systems across the country to, to implement these programs, which are, uh, which are manifest in the First Step Act, um, we're seeing that for every $1 spent on preventative measures, that is, um, you know, GED programs in, in, in jail, it is, it, it, it's those other programs that, can, that, that teach job skills and life skills and, and, and social behavior. You know, you, don't, you, you were talking before the break this, you develop sort of an antisocial behavior in, in prison, or you had it before you went in, mm-hmm. and, and now all you know is this life of crime. Uh, we found that for every $1 spent on preventative measures, 
we save up to six dollars of taxpayer money. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. And if you think if you think for every every prisoner in Arkansas right now, it's costing taxpayers twenty two thousand dollars a year yeah. with projected increases one point one percent year over year for the next ten years, for the next nine years. Yeah. Uh, and and if we just if we invest if we reinvest a little bit a little bit of that money in a different way, in yeah. a different point in the system, we can save. Uh, you know, we can save up to six dollars per dollar spent. It's just, it's crazy. And and wow. you know, the, the 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 congressman from Georgia, who sponsored the First Step Act, and if you give me, uh, he he says it's about M and M's. He says it's about money and morals. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Doug Collins uh, from from Georgia he says it's about money and morals. And so we talked about the moral part in the first half of the program. We talked about empowering people with uh, with that capacity to transform their lives, be it through prison ministry or be it through, you know, learning those skills to, 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 to be social and, and get back out in the community. And, and, and the second half of that is the money aspect. You know, taxpayers mm-hmm. deserve uh, a government that, that invests our tax dollars wisely. And, and for, for far too long, we have spent way too much money with way too little results keeping people in the system that allows them to, to, to come back and continue to be a financial burden on taxpayers. Whereas, you know, there's a gentleman by the name of, of Matthew Charles, um, and I'm not sure if you guys have heard of him, but Matthew Charles, in his teenage years, did some pretty terrible things, some pretty, pretty awful things back to back. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison. And a couple years ago, a federal judge by the name of Kevin Sharp uh, from Nashville, from Nashville, Tennessee, released him early. 21 years into his sentence. Now, Matthew had shown signs that he had rehabilitated himself. He found religion in jail. He started, he finished his, his high school education. He was actually helping write the appeals of other prisoners and inmates while they were going through their appeals process. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was released, when he was released two years ago, he found a job. He got a place to live. He got a car. He found a girlfriend, uh, a, a beautiful woman named Naomi, who I'm, I've met a couple of times. Uh, and he even started uh, volunteering at the local food bank. And after two years of that, U.S. attorney said, I'm sorry, Mr. Charles, uh, you haven't served all of your sentence. When oh. clearly he, he had rehabilitated himself. And uh-uh. in May of this year, in the same month that the House passed the First Step Act, he was sent back to prison to finish out his term. Now, just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, President Trump, was meeting in the White House with again with Kim Kardashian and with uh, with Mark Holden, who is is, is chief legal counsel um, for Coke Industries and is a uh, is a member of the board of Americans for Prosperity. Uh, he was there, and President Trump, unprovoked, mentioned the name of Matthew Charles as somebody who uh, who is is proven that he's re- rehabilitated. Himself. Wow! And so it's again, it, this is proof that that President Trump gets it. That, Congress, oh, yeah. that a majority of Congress gets it, that and, it, and it's a crazy, it's a once-in-a-generation opportunity for us it, to put partisan labels aside it and is. work together to create this opportunity. One of the few and, issues today that bipartisan support is not really hard to find at all. Right. Well, you know, I, I know, but I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. You never, I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking while you're talking, what can the left do to try to sabotage this one? You know, like I just because this has been their no, this thing, is, right? This is a reaching Supposedly. across. This is a reaching across yeah. the aisle topic. And I love, you know, yes, kudos to Trump. Kudos to Trump, people out there. Y- y'all 
y'all, I mean, when people say, well, what has Trump done? What has he not done <laughs> is the question at this point. You know, I mean, he's, I, I think we're talking about North Korea, Russia, and NAFTA. And next thing I know, big headline, Trump's out there, you know, taking on prison reform. And we're, we're here talking to Dave that day. And we're like, this guy is a phenomenon. Like, who can do all this? <laughs> right. Like, who, the, these, this isn't just everyday is multitasking. There, uh, is there any, um, chance for that for that to be overturned what the uh, federal judge did so so uh, Matthew uh, Charles. The, only, yeah. the the only thing that that can that can take place now is that uh, Matthew Charles as an inmate can file a clemency request I know that he he has done so the attorney who is representing him pro bono is uh, is a guy named Sean Hopwood based out of Washington DC Sean actually uh, served time in prison uh, for a string of robberies in uh, in Kansas or Nebraska, excuse me for, for not having the, the full story there, um, spent, spent some time in prison and then re-reformed his own life and then went and, and, and got a law degree and now helps people who, uh, who find themselves in, in this situation. It's, 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 really, it's really interesting. You think about like, uh, like the terms that exist in the criminal justice conversation, tough on crime soft on crime, mm-hmm. smart on crime. Mm-hmm. And, and, one of, and one thing that people, a lot of people don't realize is Texas, our friends in Texas, which, which for, the, for the longest time were the butt of jokes of the, of the quote, tough on crime sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. Governor Rick Perry in the mid-2000s uh, helped push some, some pretty, pretty amazing legislation with, with some organizations like the Texas Public Policy Foundation and their project Right on Crime. Which, which gave conservatives the moral authority and the sort of the gravitas to come in and say, look, we can believe that if you break the law, you should be punished. Nobody is saying that if you break the law, you should get off scot-free. Nobody in these conversations is saying that. And nobody is saying that, that, that if you break the law and, and, and violate your neighbor or violate uh, our society, that you should get six months and then you're back out and, and nothing happens to you. We're saying that we have to be smarter about this. If you believe that, that, that blocking somebody up is, is, a, is an opportunity to rehabilitate, we have to get serious about that rehabilitation. That's right. And that's what, you know, that's what the First Step Act did. It, it passed the House. Like I said, it passed overwhelmingly um, in, in, in the House in May of this year. May of this year, it passed. All four of your congressmen in Arkansas voted for it. Um, in fact, Jim, Jim Jordan, the conservative from Ohio that I know a lot of conservatives are talking about, uh, should be, should be in, a, in an elevated position in the House. He voted for it. Uh, this is a who's who of conservative, um, you know, conservative leaders in Congress who, who push that button, who, who stand with President Trump on this issue, and who believe that we can do better when it comes to criminal justice reform. Would, would you be able to... Uh Give us de- more details about the act itself and the programs that that this is going to be helping and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. So, so, so if if it is passed by the Senate and makes it to the president's desk, this will provide, uh, I believe, it's uh, it's fifty million dollars a year uh, over the course of five years. So it is it is literally a first step. This is a uh, as far as financially, this is a drop in the in the bucket of the federal budget. We're moving some dollars around. To, to invest in, in a more smart way to partner with community organizations like uh, Prison Fellowship, Prison Ministry, like uh, the Phoenix Gym, uh, which I can talk about in a minute, like uh, F5, which is, um, a, which is a nonprofit based in Fargo, North Dakota. That's one of the reasons I was, I was up there uh, earlier this week. 
um, to, to work directly with those individuals who, as they go through the system, as they, you know, they are partnered with some entity that empowers them to reform themselves while they're in prison out. Now, what prison reform used to look like, well, can we, can we, I'll have to pause you for a second. We have to pause for a station break. Uh, so if we could uh, pick that up after we come back from the break. Thanks. Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Steve Hess sitting in for Dave. Uh, we are currently talking with uh, Matthew Hurt from the Americans for Prosperity. We've been talking about um, the First Step Act and some, um, not prison reform, but reform and programs for inmates who have been released. So we want to turn back over to Matt and let him, let him pick up on uh, some of the details of the Reform Act and maybe how we can get involved. Yeah, so we were talking about how what this will do is is, is pair uh, inmates as they go through the system with, with community organizations that can em- empower them to take control of their lives and to improve themselves. And, and, and just before the break, we were, you know, I rattled off a, a list of organizations that, that reflect, uh, you know, who could be, uh, who these partners could be, because remember, as conservatives, we think that one, government is doing too much, not well enough, and two, that it is our responsibility in our communities, um, you know, to, to solve those problems. We believe that, that, that business, that the private sector, that, that churches and other religious organizations can, can solve these problems better than government, and in particular, um, if, if, if you know, I grew up Southern Baptist. You believe you believe um, in, in in that. Then you know that it is our our commandment is to love one another. And, yeah. and unfortunately for us, love one another doesn't mean send a dollar to Washington and have it remade and sent back out. It, it is it is a task for us in our communities. And so, right there in Little Rock, now now I want to preface this with um, we don't know which community organizations will receive grant funding. And so none of the organizations that I listed before the break or the one I'm about to list, uh, you know, there's not a guarantee of those funds, but should it pass Congress, should pass the Senate and, and make it to the president's desk and he signs it, organizations like this will will receive that support. And, and, and I mentioned it earlier in the, in the show, this uh, the Exodus Project right there in Little Rock. They have an initiative called Out for Life. And, and what they what that means is, you know, once you get out of prison, you have rehabilitated yourself, and there's no reason to go back. You go out and, and, and you find work, and you go out and, and you, you reintegrate yourself into society so that you can become a, 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 a beneficial, productive, functioning member. I mentioned, you know, Matthew Charles before the break. Matthew Charles was employed for two years. He was a taxpayer for two years. And now he's back in the system that is costing taxpayers, and it just it just doesn't make. Can Trump money. not pardon him? I don't. Well, you said so, Trump so was Pres- aware. So President Trump can uh, can grant clemency, and it is my understanding. I don't I don't have the latest. The last conversation I had about him in particular uh, was a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and, and and clemency paperwork was uh, was was on the desk. Now, Got it. Uh, you know, now it's very different. President Trump has done some very different stuff that other presidents did sure. not have the guts to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, very few presidents have taken on clemency and pardon requests in the first term. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 and I cannot stress enough, and, and you guys know, you guys know in Arkansas, sometimes Americans for Prosperity, we stand on principle and we, 
we don't we don't we're not lockstep with any one politician. Mm-hmm. And so and so we've had disagreements with 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 the president and with other members of Congress, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um. And and we but we believe when somebody's doing something right, they should be commended and applauded. And, and I can't stress enough. Um, that of all the executive powers the president can wield, this one's showing clemency because we're we're a nation that believes in redemption. Yeah. We believe in second chances, uh, and 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 the president has expressed that willingness to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other, one of the other organizations that I'll mention is, is something called Safe Streets Second Chances, and it's it's again it's a project in in our greater network that is working with, as I've said fact-based, not fear-based statistics, but fact-based statistics that empower those communities to make the decisions necessary to, to go out and, and, and encourage... What's the, the name of that organization again? It's called Safe Streets Second Chances. Yes. And yeah. it's a coalition of, of organizations, like, say, uh, the Texas Public Policy Foundation's Right on Crime, and a number of others. It's it's and it's it's crazy, guys. You know, on some of these issues, we're working with the ACLU uh, because because it is it is that big of a thing. We haven't seen something this unifying yeah. in years. And and for conservatives to lead on this, it's just I'm I'm I am so encouraged. And I've seen in communities and and, and, and seen the criminal justice system. Uh, not, thankfully, not firsthand, but. Uh, but 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 working with those individuals, and I'm passionate about this. And so for for people to realize that that if we just do just a little bit more in our communities and, and move some of those resources from incarceration to investment, um, then then we are changing lives and improving again the 95% of people who make it out of prison uh, once they're in. They're back. They're they're our neighbors. That we see them at the grocery store. We see them at mm-hmm. at the barbecue restaurant. And 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 so for them to be empowered to to engage in social behavior, to, to not be antisocial, and to not break the laws that are on the books, uh, that is, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, and it sounds like, a, you know, it's kind of brought back the whole, you know, compassionate conservatism, you know, yeah. where, I mean, it, you can't be more compassionate than, than this. I was going to ask you, though, a quick question. On the at, at the federal level, the mandatory minimums, and, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. Is, is this... Is this uh, Everything we're talking about here in this legislation and whatnot is—is is this dealing with the federal prisons and so, the mandatory minimum, or is that a whole nother? This doesn't touch on sentencing uh, reform, does it, Matt? It, it it doesn't necessarily touch on a lot of the sentencing reform, and in particular, mandatory minimums. Yeah. And, and I would love to I see that we're coming to the top of the hour. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. spend another okay. uh, moment later talking about that. But but it is a it is a first step. Washington moves slowly. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. thankfully. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, but, but, yeah. we want to thank you very much for yeah. being on the show and, and sharing everything about your organization and about this program. And uh, I've got a couple I need to look up and maybe see if I can't connect with. So I, it seems thank like a divine you. appointment maybe for, for, for this for this hour that, that we were sitting in here talking. Thanks, so, Matt. Thank you very well, thank much. You guys. And, and you tell Dave just to stay on the beach, and uh, and y'all just take the rain next week too. <laughs> we'll let him tell. We'll let you tell him that. Yeah, yeah. hopefully he's not listening. Uh, all right. Oh, he's Great not. to be with you guys. Great right. to be with you guys. Thanks a lot, Matt. So, uh, this is Steve Hess. I've been sitting in for the last couple hours on the Dave Ellswick show. Um, we are fixing to have a shift at the top of the hour. I think we have Elizabeth, Shelley, and Hannah coming up. Hannah. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more spirited, maybe. <laughs> you know, I think that because we've had some, we had some pre-scheduled events. Uh, I think they've been kind of.
cocked and loaded and ready to yeah, go I'll for be... uh, a couple other topics. So I, I suspect I'm, I will be listening as I have to head off to work. Yeah, so. yeah. All Thank right, you, so Steve. Thanks for the opportunity. It was Thank a privilege you. meeting you. We and, had a blast. With you Let's do it again. Yes, All right. for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Definitely. Here we go. Welcome back. And now we've had a shift change. It is not Steve. Mr. Hess was here the first two hours. Dave is not here. Now I'm here with the girls. This is Elizabeth Sotolero. I've got the right view, not the wrong view. Yes. Got Shelly, got Hannah, and we're going to do some visiting girls. Real talk, right? Real talk. About the they've saying. handed it over to us. Thing. They're I trusting mean, us. You got three women hopping mad about all this stuff and... Liz was fixing to take it away and get it started. <laughs> Don't take the wrong view. Take the right view. <laughs> well, we've talked earlier. We talked quite a bit earlier about um, <clears throat> criminal justice. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about some. I don't know if you heard uh, earlier, Hannah. We talked about the Gosnell movie coming okay. up next I week. I did not hear uh, that. Gosh. Just just to mention it once There's once again, we have an exclusive screening next Thursday night. It's Gosnell, America's biggest serial killer co-sponsored by dave ellswick show 101 fm the answer as well as arkansas right to life yeah that's next thursday night it's at seven o'clock it's at riverdale 10 it is an exclusive screening the movie doesn't come out until october 12 gosnell the movie this is about how the media mistreated the story we talked about that the first hour today quite very a bit. cool rose mims cool. was with us from have you met her yet i have not met her. Right to lot. she's in, she's in, she's incredible she's incredible woman. she does some incredible work and let me tell you if you i wish we had the facebook live field just for you today hannah so you could go back and watch that hour you can um, still go I, back and hear it, it on soundcloud you can go back okay and listen. is there a way for listeners too you i guess you, you betcha we're, we're, we're having some hardware problems with that facebook live this, i'm sorry this, about that, that first hour with rose mims and this this serial killer what people call abortion or pro-choice type doctor. no he's a murdering doctor is what he was and um it Elizabeth, I, I can't. The details are are gut wrenching of this clinic he was running and murdering by born babies. Was this the case him with scissors in the neck to kill him? There was. Was it the case where it was like the failed abortions, and so he would go away and do do off with them if they came out alive, or oh, was yes. it was oh, it that yes. okay? This is probably okay. That one. So you then I know the story you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this literally, he's the biggest mass murderer in what American history, uh, and 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 this is I didn't even know the story. This happened in t- the well. He got busted. And, he got and, he uh, got raided in 2010 to, and was brought to court to, and convicted in 2013 and it was over because of drugs that and and doing you know underhanded drug drug mm-hmm. dealing the fbi whatnot, raided right. his clinic because they understood and there was a legal oh, drug this is what they found and i anyway there's a screen we'll talk about later but i'm gonna bring my daughter next week she's 10 and she, of course she's gonna go watch this she need i i i and everybody in arkansas y'all need to, to and everybody listening everywhere i it truth hurts it's cold and it's hard but it's time to face it and people need to watch and see what goes on and what what went on and and it doesn't matter if somebody is doing it in a clinical setting a clean setting a sanitized setting you know unlike this doctor here it's still murder this was this was steve's conversation he says you know this is a 
as long as we keep it clean and it's in the doctor's office mm-hmm. and it's under you know then it's okay but otherwise we don't talk about right. these things and well, that's the part of why this goes on it, it is that's, that's, that's all it is sanitized clean narrative it's a way for them to not have to deal with consequences and one mm-hmm. thing i wish that <laughs> i think that america has completely forgot about every single action you do whether it is good or bad it will have a consequence whether that consequence be good or mm-hmm. bad and you are responsible for the consequences of your actions yeah. isn't this what i yeah. said in the first hour this is yeah. women wanting to go out and have sex and not deal with the consequences. Right. Okay. And men, too, for that matter. But it's it's the narrative that goes along with it. And that's the thing that I enjoy about being with, I call it the girls. I hope you all aren't upset with me uh, saying the girls. girls. No, we, we are, are the girls. Whatever <laughs> we you are girls. Are, we are not <laughs> Listen, you uh, don't politically have... correct here well, or here, whatsoever. I am a girl. Excuse, right. me. So I hope Excuse you... me. May I, may I qualify this? Sir. I didn't bring this up to y'all. <laughs> because if y'all room, start okay. talking about this and it gets brought up, I'm getting in trouble yes, in Russ just a second. Yes, Russ had nothing to do with it. Russ is already doing and oh, we've my. locked him out of the room. He can't. We, this is all us. We're all. <laughs> well, listen. Biology tells me I'm a girl. I self-identify as a girl. Self-identify you are free that way. Good for you. Call me a girl, <laughs> or as Grassley said, she, ladies, her, or, hers. Or, or women, or what? Gals. Yes, my preferred pronouns are she and her. There you are. I like the word gal. I well, think now, that's you know, cute. You're bringing up something. I heard a story today about someone who received an, a written correspondence email from an individual in Colorado at one of the colleges in Colorado, mm-hmm. and it had her signature block at the bottom of it. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Sotolero, Ph.D., da-da-da-da, hers. What? Huh? Because that that's school is now one of those she... places that you have to declare which pronoun you will <gasps> be using. Now, y'all know all those other choices, right? Uh, I don't even know what they are. Very interesting. I don't know all the choices. I know that in college, I ran into a couple instances in um, classroom settings where people would say, my name is so-and-so, but I prefer to go by this name, and I prefer um, to use the opposite sex pronouns. Can I decide that I'm what? a zucchini? It's what? not. I mean, it's it's a thing. And, you know, I think a lot of times such, such extreme behavior we associate with the coast don't be fooled. It's going on right here. Like and so say, it's just very interesting. Can I can I be called a zucchini from now on? I mean, if you know. If that so self-identify right? as a I'm vegetable. A, yeah, I'm right. so glad our ages are so staggered. You know, just to, to put it out there. You know, Hannah, you're 23. Right. I'm 44. Elizabeth, I don't know. If you I, got, I got a few more years but, on that. I'm 63. But, yeah, but y'all, we're a good mix. And, I mean, we got a millennial or whatever, you know, that people try to use that as the derogatory yes. Well, you know what's no, funny about you saying that is technically, technically. Technically. I'm Generation Z. Thank you. Oh, You're okay. not a millennial. But You're only Generation by like Z. a, but only by like a right. year or something like yeah. that. I mean, so for cool, all, but we get the perspective purposes from I'm a three women who I think we're all incredible, of course. But we're strong women, and we all have our own uh, opinions on things, and we've got our own experiences we bring to the table. And so this is what makes, and we are just we have really good chemistry. See, I heard I heard Katie Pavlich on Fox News recently was asked. What is your definition of conservative as a woman? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, a conservative woman is someone who can make their choices and make their decisions, among other things, and deal with the consequences. I accept the consequences of my behavior. Mm -hmm. Now, she talked about conserving things. No one can protect you from that. The government cannot protect you from yourself. Mm -mm. It is your personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's right. And what I had said earlier, you didn't hear this, Hannah, when we were talking about Gosnell. I even said, I think it's not respecting yourself before anything else. Right. And if you choose to have an abortion, I believe that you will suffer from that. Well, and now you can go into it morally, and I don't know if we want to go down this road, but, you know, some would say 
well, I mean, I would say, you know, sex before marriage is not condoned by the Bible. It is a sin. Um, and your There's sin reasons. has consequences. And yep. that's just how it is. Now, that baby can be a wonderful blessing to your life and part mm-hmm. of God's perfect plan. But your sin was not. And you had to pay the consequences mm-hmm. for that. That is life, no matter if it's a good decision or a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, that's there life in general. Life's right. hard. Life ain't fair. Uh, the left, you know, just ha- well, quite seem to figure that out yet. Being a conservative <laughs> woman, yes, I'm conservative economically because of what books can tell me, because I can study it. But um, I also choose to be conservative morally um, and socially. And I think that's because when like families are whole, when we have a holistic family. Mm-hmm. That creates a better environment for that child to be raised in. It just creates a better outcome when you choose to live morally conservative, yeah. like family well, values. And I used to be that respecting yourself, you know. Like you. I'm not anymore. I guess that's where we're kind well, of different. See, so. and, I, and that's just how I was raised. Yeah, and that's just no, in my beliefs. Yeah. But at the same it's time, fine. you know, that doesn't mean to say, you know, as far as gay sure. marriage, I don't hate the person because no. of who they choose to love. I hate their sin, yeah. but I think they're no less of a person. I think they deserve to be respected. I think they deserve to be tolerated, and I don't think that they deserve any hatred or punishment or slander Mm-mm. Mm-mm. or anything like that. You love the person. And, sure. I, I, and, and in situations like that, that only makes me want to love them and care about them more and show them that I care about your soul, and that is why I want you to choose not to make those actions. But I don't mm-hmm. think the government should yeah. necessarily regulate what they choose to do in the personal lives. But yeah. So these are the things. It's a big that, circle. These are the things that make us conservative women, and I don't right. know how you all feel about this. I'm, I feel like I'm a conservative feminist. I I believe in women power. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't look at feminism the same way I'm that the left. But I don't hate men. It. I don't hate men. No. I, believe, I love men. I love I think men. men and women oh are God, great. Are you me? I'm so here's the crazy. thing, and I've put a lot of thought into this in the past. So some people and some women want to look poorly on strong women. But because they feel inferior, right? They're jealous, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And you often wonder, you know, our CEO and and corporations and jobs like this, do they discourage women? Not necessarily. Some women don't have the personality that Mm -hmm. it takes to do that. They don't want to do that. They want to stay at home. They want to. They want to do those things. That's the freedom of our world. Wonderful. That is great. Personally, that will never make me happy. That will never fulfill me. Mm -hmm. So I want to choose to go and do these powerful, outspoken things. And I think more times than not, women don't necessarily feel that way. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. You will find a greater percentage of men that feel that way. But it shouldn't be women who choose to be powerful should not be looked down upon upon men because we shouldn't be classified as weak and feeble and like we should be at home. But we also shouldn't be tore down by fellow women who think, oh, she needs to be at home. But, you know, I mm-hmm. think there's two sides to that coin. There is. There is. But, you know, honestly, I mean, most of the, the men that I talk to or interact with or whatever, whether it's at work or on Facebook or, or whatever, um, they really respect the strong women. Even the ones that disagree, mm-hmm. they respect me. Uh, and I'm talking vehemently disagree. And I even have some women that uh, remember the girl I talked about the first mm-hmm. show that said mm-hmm. uh, she drew the line in the sand when it came because I, I was I was a Trump supporter and that's where she draw the line in the sand and I wasn't and she got I got kicked I out. I thought of her you circle. were go, you were going to get I into it on Facebook. Si- <laughs> I got into her. Oh, we've been into it many times, but she finally but she, became very fond of me and I became yes. fond of her and uh, we go tit for tat all the time. Of course, she got. I think right now we're on. We're we're on we're are you on the outs at the right moment? Now, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I there's still respect there. I guess you could say now and then. Then you have your other women who are people in general. We'll just say men, women. It doesn't matter. But 
women too that they're just people in general if they're miserable with their own life and unhappy then they're gonna look at others and and want to tear that person down that's doing better or whatever that kind of right. thing well and another thing is, i think that's weak people in general it's weak by people. the way not yeah, just women that, that's what said that's people in general that's what said people thing. in general yes yes right well just another thing is women do sometimes have to come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder um, and so sometimes I think in certain situations it would be, you know, good to say that sometimes women have to come in like an underdog and really fight their way up. But that's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. We got to make a commercial break. We'll be back. Dave Ellswick show. Good afternoon. It's Elizabeth Sotolaro. The right view. That's Shelly. That's Hannah. Don't take the wrong view. Take the right view. That's right. There you are. We had a shift change from earlier in the day. We had Steve Hess, one of the Bible guys for the first two hours. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ellswick is guess where? At the beach. I know. What beach is he at? He's at Panama Beach in Florida. Okay. Okay. I'm jealous. Yeah, I, I messaged him and he didn't get back to me. So if you if you look on Facebook, talk. you'll see a couple of pictures <laughs> of his toes on the beach. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, he's unplugged. Yeah. Yeah, he's unplugged. Yeah. We're hoping he gets a break. He, like, he deserves Dave, it. Dave, Dave. <laughs> 50 years talk le- talk radio legend. Yeah, totally He's been around. It. He's worked really, really hard. He deserves a week, so, a yeah. week off. And oh, we, yeah. we've decided already, Hannah, that he wouldn't have got a word in edgewise anyway today, so it was a perfect I time. think when we come on, With, he just kind of shuts us yeah, so we're just, well, our way. And, and especially a day like, y'all, we've been shut off from the air for, what, three weeks now? <laughs> and so much has gone on, y'all. I know. I Shelly's been, been pent up for three and weeks. And then I have to let it go and hopping mad and let it go and it's like, oh my God, I'm going to explode. Well, and the thing about radio is, you know, timeliness. It's, it's things that were getting us going three weeks yeah. ago or the long and like, in the news oh, cycle now they are like dead in the water it's gonna be fire with this Kavanaugh stuff going on and then we got Juanita Broderick at five o'clock oh and we have be... breaking news on that issue we yes, saw we a little earlier just a little while well, ago that I guess she has agreed to, to it, uh, uh, something she's, she's agreed, agreed to, to testify to, on Monday that to, well, she said that she would um, there's conditions put a hold on the FBI investigation and that she would come if she feels as though she's gonna be treated fairly oh they've decided <laughs> but, to drop but, the FBI from what I understand from the article Read. Apparently, she's going to get on the phone with Grassley this afternoon, and they're going to work out her conditions. Well, very so. frankly, Mr. Grassley offered her oh, a private let me tell you, or, a, yes. or a public yes, hearing, just talk about how a that, closed yes. hearing, or an open hearing. They even volunteered to send a crew to Florida, yes. I mean, Florida yes. to California to interview mm-hmm. her in person. Anything that would and work this for is, her. This is one of the issues that, that's got me so hopping mad about all this is the media and them acting as if the Republican, not acting, it's the narrative, the it's lies, it's fake news, alternative facts, as if the Republicans are trying to shut this woman down. No, they're not. They're begging her. They're literally bending over backwards well, of course to get they her are, because to this is the right talk. thing to do it is the it's right, the right thing, thing. if you've had but an you allegation know, you need to you need to pursue it and at yeah. least get to the end of the road and it's like even trump said we want her to co- let her come testify you and know, so i want to hear from senator grassley's efforts because if this did happen um then she's gonna be in a very vulnerable situation i wouldn't want to blast that to the entire country if that happened to me and it's so already him, been blasted right but him offering to let her testify privately in her home he's comfortable offered it all i think yeah. that's an well and frankly from beyond. a political point of view this is not about a confirmation this is a political fight right okay oh, um so, so the, from that no point mistake. of view the gop has to do what they're doing okay right. they have to because obviously from one point of view, it's not going to matter in that no matter what they do, they will get criticized by the left. However, if they don't bend over backward to let her tell her story, 
the right the GOP will get criticized for yes, that, and the story the will guys. change to being bad guys. The GOP instead of about well, these allegations, they have to walk perfectly so that they don't shift the narrative. Whatever benefits yeah. them. Well, and I'll tell you what else that bothers Which me. Is both sides, I see it. Though. I see it in the news that says these white men in the Senate are going to mistreat this woman. I'm sick and tired of this conversation yeah. being characterized that way. Yeah. This is about human dignity, and that has no sex how about, to how it. That's it's not male or female. That has no gender. That Thank has you. no about, race. The, yeah. It has nothing. And that's and dignity I, on both sides. That's dignity I, for the woman. That's also dignity for the accused as well as the accuser. Right. And what I don't appreciate is the basically hijacking of a legitimate, well-established process for confirming a Supreme Court justice. This is a very serious thing. It's a lifetime appointment. And what we've had is the Democrats hijacked the whole process, not just in the 11th hour. This is the 13th hour. They had this information. They knew about it. And the only reason they brought it out now was to hijack the whole process. Not only that, gals, get this, dawned on me last night. If they can't prevent Mr. Kavanaugh from being confirmed, and they I don't think we'll be able to do that. They have decided that they're going to just put a cloud over his head for the rest of the time he ever wow. serves. Oh, that's exactly. Right. Supreme Court if, this, if this proves to be incorrect, that would 100% be. I firmly believe that it is, uh, let's say, Ill, ill-conceived. I don't know that I think it didn't happen. I think that it possibly might have happened. But given the circumstances and or what I would say is the lack of circumstances that the lady can remember yeah uh we can talk about this a little bit i we've all possibly been in situations i know i've talked about it on the radio before nothing like what she's i've never been drunk and pinned down on a bed but i have been um propositions isn't a quite the right word for it i've been had well, things I think almost everyone has a little bit of a you know yeah, but i was able to fight it off when it happened and i sure reported it when it happened and not only that but i remember every detail every yeah, detail every detail and i and we have those but i was gonna just say to your point about you know how the the white men jumping on the woman how about how those white men jumped all over judge kavanaugh and we'll come back after the break and we'll finish up we're gonna have news back with the dave ellswick show on 101.1 fm the answer don't take the wrong view this is the right view love it it's shelly it's hannah i'm elizabeth dave's not here he'll be back next week after his hopefully very restful and long vacation we've hijacked your show (laughs) (laughs) actually we'll be here again next week but he'll be here too yeah i can't wait to see him because i haven't seen him like a month it's been a long time it's been a while it's been a a while y'all i mean the same amount of time it's been like three weeks y'all this is another reason we're just like like y'all we've had three weeks of having to keep our mouth shut i don't know why dave started this up He can never let us go that long again without without being on the air. It's just uh, we're well on, on the so break. Much. We were talking about feminism, and and Hannah, you had a couple of things to say about our the right view has a certain view of feminism. It's not the same as what the left women are talking about. It's is not. It? And another thing that bothers me deeply to my soul bothers me is when people paint the only issues that I care about are female issues, birth control, and abortions. That is not all that my brain is capable of processing or caring Thank about. You. I care about big girl issues. I care about the economy. I care about taxes. I care about immigration. Mm. I care about the border wall. I care and about just a very small, small, small portion of that is health care 
and not even women's health care, just health care in general. And then somewhere under that umbrella falls women's health care. You don't care yeah. about women's health reproductive <gasps> rights? Oh, I'm a traitor <gasps> to the whole womankind. Oh, you obviously must be. No, concern. I have a free, independent <laughs> thinking mind yeah. who I think and care about what I want to think and care about, what impacts my life every single day, yeah. not what somebody tells me I should care about. Nothing I aggravates mean, I, me more. I'm capable of caring about it all. Like this, and we all are. Yes. You know, and, and I care about it all. I really do. But yeah, And of but, course I care about women's resonates. issues. But I care about so many more things. It's like one percent of the issues that I care about. I'm not even sure there would be an issue if the left didn't create a narrative that there was well, an issue. Here's, here's I agree point. with. I don't have any ish women issues, do y'all? Really? What I if don't. what if you allow the left to define who you are and put you in this little bitty box that you're a victim? Yeah, that will never you're do that a woman. Well, we so play right into their hand. They want to. They want to put. They want to put head to head women against men, blacks against white, absolutely left against right. Because the left ultimately wants more government. When the people are divided, the government is more she powerful. Gets it. They tell you what to think and how to fight each other. Just for their ultimate control. Bottom line, end of the day, that's what it is. Do you know about Saul Alinsky? No. Oh, we'll have to give you a book to read. Rules for Radicals, Saul Alinsky, A-L-I-N-S-K-Y. You should read this book. This is the left's playbook, okay? It was written many years ago. I read that. One of the points is disruption for disruption's sake. Mm -hmm. And so what you're talking about is dividing us up. They don't even care about women's issues or men's issues. All they care about is to get people riled up and taking sides. Mm -hmm. Black, white, women, men, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Because when society is riled up, they have an opportunity to slide in and say, aha, the government will save you from all this Mm -hmm. turmoil and trouble. Which is the exact opposite of what's really going on in reality. Thank you. That's How do exactly you explain? It. But the thing is, is you can explain the left's agenda in five seconds. <laughs> you can't do that because conservatism is based on principles and policy and long-term goals that you have to be patient and wait out. And you have to understand the basics and you've got to, to understand build on that. the basics. And so it's it's very intellectual and analytical. The left is more emotional. And so it's very easy to get a quicker response out of that. That takes, because we all know no one's involved in politics like we are. The 99% of the population doesn't have a clue what goes on on a day to day basis. And so they just believe what that five second Facebook video tells them. And so, or what they hear on our radio show. uh, Yeah. Well, and so what you can, so if the left can give their whole agenda in five seconds, ding, 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 there's the winner, you know? And so, I think, are we through on this? Yes, yeah, yeah. I was just say like basically it's really simple like Hannah said you take the right and you take the left you take the right's platform agenda take the left's platform agenda the right it in a nutshell this is what it comes down to everybody the right wants freedom we want freedom to the be left people. wants to take your freedom the left doesn't want you to be free now the people that follow the left they don't get it some of them do there are some that do and they believe in that they're it's crazy but they do but there's a lot of people that that blindly follow them they don't they don't they don't see it and that's what is mind-boggling to me but that's that's the bottom line there is about take 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 we're about you know get the shackles off of us you know free us as a people let us be responsible for ourselves let us do Quit doing, and, and, and the left is all about 
taking your freedoms every single second of every day. And I like that you're saying people and not women. Yes, right. I mean, I don't See, think I don't in the think, sense of women like that. I don't think the left are are bad people. I don't think they have bad intentions. I think for some the most do, part, for the most do, part, no, I agree. Well, and then uh, agree. we can argue that yeah. some Republicans have bad intentions. Oh yeah. But, you always have that element, you know, at the end of, of the day, both parties just want a better life for everyone. At the end of the day, that's it's the way. That's the goal is the better life of everybody. We just choose to go about it differently. So I also think it's dangerous to kind of paint one side as the bad guys and one side as the good guys. I think ultimately we're trying to be good guys. At the end of the day, we just very, very, very passionately disagree about how to get there. Well, here's a question. You say we all want to be good. I'm just going to ask this question. I was thinking about the process, like I said a minute ago, about confirming Supreme Court Justice's lifetime appointment. Super, super serious thing here. Mm -hmm. This process has been in place for 240 years. Okay, Mm -hmm. was designed by the founders with all the foibles of the human beings in mind and with God's divine hand, I believe. So what is it about the Democrats that think that they can just wake up one day and do whatever they like and the whole country's going to follow? That's I'm what they've been doing. Disappointed we'll, we'll in their wait. disrespect. Well, we'll hold on to this letter that we've had about Judge Kavanaugh since July. And even though we knew about it, we're not going to bring it up. In fact, we're going to wait and bring it up at the 13th hour, mm-hmm. not the 11th hour. It's all over the 13th mm-hmm. hour. What is it about people like that? What's wrong with those people? They've been getting away with it. And and this time they're not getting away with it. And I love it. I love it. They're not getting away. I mean, Chuck Grassley, even, you know, there's, let's, let's hear from this lady. We want to hear, I mean, again, Chuck Grassley bending over backwards to talk to this woman and get the, tell your story. You're the one that brought the story out right now. All we have is a letter and we don't even, nobody's even seen the letter. See, I keep coming back to this. I had someone say to me, well, you're a woman and you don't back her up. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, when you go out there as an individual, notice I didn't say a woman Mm -hmm. as an individual and you make allegations it's not your job to corroborate those that yeah. you expect. See, this is the reverse of what I said earlier. First of all, the left wants us to think we're all victims, wants us to think that we're not able to be equal. All the, But then they turn around and elevate women Treat above everybody like else and say, if you open your mouth, then obviously everyone has to fall at your feet and believe every word that comes out of your mouth, and no one has to prove a thing. Yeah. Where does this make sense? I don't know. You know what's interesting? This whole time we've been talking, in the back of my mind, I keep saying, don't say anything that would offend a woman. Don't say anything to offend a woman because you're a woman. And, you know, that's just interesting that that's how we're taught to think. Mm -hmm. Like, I shouldn't say anything, you know, that may be perceived by somebody somewhere as I don't support women who are sexually assaulted. Absolutely, I do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I think you should be protected. Absolutely. Absolutely. That man should pay for it. But I don't think that makes every single man guilty of every single thing that you want to accuse him of. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. so and th- that's an interesting not, thought that's happened even as we've been yeah, talking. Yeah, it's not fair to men either. This is, I mean, I like men, right? I like women. I like men. I don't mean it in that way. <laughs> I, you know, Careful. I like the differences. And I feel like it's as unfair to men as it is to women to politicize this issue and in this way you know what it's even more unfair to it's unfair to this country okay this is my hot button too with it uh we are going through so much since trump got elected in this country of just the vitriol and the hate and the just obstruction and the constant i mean the russia I, oh my god i haven't heard about russia in a week if y'all i mean seriously come Isn't on that can you nice? that? Yeah. It wasn't how convenient show, that. yeah how convenient it's is like, that it's like this is just and now this woman's gonna throw this lightning rod out there and then go play hide and go seek 
I with feel the, the same judiciary. way. This is you not started okay. it. You better be if, bold if enough to happened, finish it. Lady, please, lady, whatever your name is, Blossy, she's got three words. Her in last her name, name is so Ford. Right. Okay, Mrs. Ford. She's a professor. Okay. It's Dr. Ford. Please, we are, as an American citizen, okay, just as an American woman, three American, we are begging you to tell your story to somebody, at least if you're not going to do it on the Senate floor, do it in private, whatever, but you open this can of worms. Get this country out of turmoil because right now it is infuriating people all over well, again. Well, what she's going to say is, I did tell my story. I told uh, it to my therapist. This country's and being drugged through notes. the ringer again over something else when we're not even done being drugged through the ringer over Russia and North Korea and, 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 and all this other. I mean, everything and anything Trump does, you know. And now we've got this huge thing. You know, and we talked about this. Was this a nuclear pick um, when he first got nominated? I told that Dave said, no, no, it'll be Ginsburg. And I said, no, this is. And I thought, man. Dave was right. Now well, I'm starting to think this is exactly what's going on, and in, you know it's obvious if Judge Kavanaugh is confirmed, and I believe that he will be confirmed. It may take a little while, but it's going to happen. And I believe as long that, as the Republicans don't cave, well, he will be that's confirmed. The, that's the key. Is my prediction. He will be confirmed, and what's going to happen, and what is happening now, is like a little kid who really realizes they're at the end of their rope with mom. And yeah. mom has told you a hundred times you got to stop. And you know if you do it one more time, but you're going to pitch the biggest fit you've ever seen in your life. They understand that they are losing the only control yeah. they've ever had, which is control of our Supreme Court. And they're going to pitch the biggest fit and do everything they can. And if they can't win by keeping him from being confirmed, they will keep a cloud over his head the whole time he serves. My favorite thing that she said is that we don't hear about Rush anymore. Mm-hmm. How convenient is it that the one mm-hmm. time in this entire investigation that the tables have turned and it will look poorly on the left, it's mm-hmm. gone. It's, Surprise. Yeah. It's gone. And Surprise. not only is it gone, mm-hmm. there's a huge reason uh, that condemns the other side to be talked about. Yeah. Well, and you touched on it a moment ago, too. It's all been overlooked quite a bit this week. I have hardly seen anything written or talked about that president trump did say that the fisa documents will be declassified yeah and this popped up right about that time so see it's all about political theater have you heard this term ford's theater yeah. Does that ring any bells with you gals? No. ford's theater where was I think that's where abraham lincoln was, where shot, was abraham oh, that's lincoln? Right. ford's theater okay. this is political theater ford's yes. theater i and wanted it's to ask y'all too but and i thought about this on the drive here um to, as far as I'm concerned, um, and, and the listeners out there, I would assume this is correct, unless I'm missing something here. Since the time Trump's got elected, this is the first time that the Republicans have finally gotten some cojones about him and are actually standing up and not rolling over for the Democrats over something. Well, it's something. so blatant on its face. I think. Uh, yeah, but, but this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. So I'm on CNN website, and there's not a single one about the FISA documents. Yeah, so. there you go. Or Russia, probably. And we're coming up to one of those obscene commercial breaks. So the right view will be back. Greetings and good afternoon. It's Elizabeth. It's Hannah. It's Shelley, And we're here to talk to you about the right view, not That's the wrong right. view. The unpolitically or <laughs> non-politically correct. We don't believe in PC. We don't yeah. like political. Yeah, we're not the PC police uh, women here. PC? Out the door, out the window. PC. We are rogue women, if you want to call us that. Rogue <laughs> gals, whatever. We're so, bad feminists. So we were going round and round and round about the feminism and, and how women are treated and things of that sort. Uh, uh, 
I think we all are on the same page. And, and by the way, well, I'll bring that up in a moment. Uh, we're all on the same page, I think. Pretty I don't, much. I don't like yeah. being pigeonholed as being a victim. I don't Mm-mm. like being pigeonholed as uh, – I want to be equal to the other people that I'm around. Right. Not the other right. women, right. not the other men. I want to be allowed to be a woman right. where I want that gentleman mm-hmm. to be allowed to be a, a man. Yeah. And, you know, if he looks at me or asks me for my phone number, I'm not offended. Genders are not a bad thing. Yeah, if he does more than that, and it's just, you know, I can kind of defend myself. And I'll I'll tell you, women are way more aggressive these days than men are even. I mean. Well, there's there's another side to that, me too. It's men who have been (laughs) aggressive. Yeah, we had a caller earlier. He was worried about all the men out there being accosted at college parties by college girls. And Uh we just told him, I think it was a little tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He was kind of acting concerned about the men being attacked. And I thought, we well, just, we're just not as strong. That's biology. Right. That's biology like, for you. I'm not I, saying I you can't do it. I don't it. know you that guy can, that's ever been attacked by a woman not been able to get away from her or whatever. But, I mean, you know, definitely it's not yeah. make light of something terrible happening like that. So we're coming up on know. the top of the hour, so we don't have a lot of extra time. But I'd, I'd want to ask, I've heard a little bit, Shelley, I know you've mm-hmm. had situations in your past. Yeah, I know I've I had do. situations in my past. I've talked about them on the radio. Hannah, have you had situations in the past? I have. I've actually had a um, situation in a workplace before, long ago, um, during college, when I was in college. Um, Nothing was ever acted upon. I would definitely classify it as sexual harassment. Um, My parents knew about the situation at the time. You mean you went home and told your parents? Yes, Mm -hmm. I did. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. It took me a little bit to my parents, mainly because I thought they were going to make me quit, and it was an awesome job. Um, But it, it was just one of these things... I was never alone with them. I was never, you know, once I started getting icky vibes, mm-hmm. um, I just distanced myself and made sure to stay never alone with them. And so, everything was fine and people were aware and nothing was ever acted upon. It was just one of those icky vibes feelings. Okay, so here's the question, even with, you know, and we all know, by the way, you ladies listening, we all know the difference between icky vibes and, you know, physical thrown in the hospital for a week, assault, rape. That has Those never are real happened to different me. things on a or, very big scale. Or an atten- a sexual assault experience where a weapon's involved or well, something. There's, there's you a know, big difference. Like, there's a difference. So what yes. I was going to say is, do you not remember all the details? Every word. Yeah. Everything about it, right? Every, Everything every about word it. Yeah. that was said, every uncomfortable every position. Yeah. I got out of that job very quickly, and I was much happier when I left. So we'll just put it that well, way. Well, you know, my experience, and I've had several of those that I only on, on the sexual harassment side, but that I was telling you earlier, and honest to God, um, 44 years old, this happened when I was 17, 17 years old. I was a junior in high, I mean, a senior in high school. And this whole thing with the Kavanaugh things, really, you know, I'm a thinker. Dave, Dave always says I'm a, I'm a thinker. It gets my wheels turning. And it brought up a memory that I had blocked out for years. And I've never forgotten. And it's, it's a memory I've never even told my best friend. And I wasn't I wasn't raped. I wasn't. It, it could have gone that way. But I was threatened with a knife in a college dorm. Oh, my gosh. I've ne- Okay. Here's the thing. This guy was one year older than me. We didn't go to the same high school. Okay. Um, this chick i'm sorry lady whatever kavanaugh's friend from high school they went actually went to school together like this was a school you know they actually they did not go to the same schools well he was at an all boys school she was an all girl different school well okay but but they were partying together in high school but here's the thing like i I never and i'm telling you this was in a dorm on a i remember it was a monday night it was about nine o'clock 
I remember um, exactly what happened. I remember uh, the month. Couldn't tell you the day of the month, you know. But here I sit 30 years later, and you're going to tell me this lady can't remember the who, what, when, where, how, and why of the situation. You don't forget it. You don't forget it. In, in her situation, she isn't even accused of uh, any kind of a weapon or anything like that. I'm talking there was a knife pulled on me. And you don't forget that. But, again, I personally, my really personal viewpoint on this is I find it uncredible, not credible, that, uh, you know, she doesn't remember anything about this incident except that it happened. But and she hasn't been him. willing to tell her story. She hasn't been willing to tell her now, story. Now, playing well, the devil's advocate, if they were drinking, she could have been blackout drunk. Well, she admits that she but was an if alcoholic. she was... If she was, she wouldn't even remember that anything happened. She she admits that she was an alcoholic. She admits that she had trouble when she was younger. Okay, I'm not the type to to accuse her because of that, okay? But she should be Mm -hmm. able to stand up and take the consequences of her actions and her behaviors. We all remember. We all remember. Um, After the top of the hour, we're going to have another guest who also remembers in great detail about the situation she was in. And uh, Hannah, the interesting thing, uh, Ms. Juanita Broderick, we'll talk a little more later. Uh, This happened 40 years ago with Juanita Broderick and Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's going to come on the air after 5 o'clock and talk to us about it. Interesting that it was 40 years ago. Hannah, I was your age. Yes, Mm -hmm. I was not alive. When this was in the Mm -hmm. news. And then I think the story broke in 1999. I was only four years old. Something like that. (laughs) Juanita is an incredible big part of history. This is incredible at your age that you're getting to talk to somebody like her. And us too, even. I mean, it's it's an honor. But she was a big, big, huge part of American history and will always be when it comes to Bill Clinton. And it's interesting that all this happened in Arkansas. I find that very interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much has happened the, uh, in Arkansas. The incident that, uh, that there, she yes. talks about happened in a Little Rock Hotel. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's really personal to everyone. Paula Jones, same thing. I think she li- she's still living in central Arkansas somewhere, but, she, you know, she's she's another one that... that Coming back somewhere. after the news with the right view, Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Coming back. Good afternoon. It's... Don't take the wrong view, take the right view. Y'all like that? I love I that. I love that. <laughs> yes. Hannah, Shelley, my name's Elizabeth, and it is the right view. This is the all-female power panel without Dave Ellswick. Yeah. Dave Ellswick's on vacation. Here we are. We've officially run him out. Yep. When Dave's away, the ladies over. will play. And we've been talking for about an hour or more now about this allegations that have been brought forward to uh, try to derail the confirmation of uh, Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. We've been talking about incidents that have occurred with us Mm -hmm. and how we all know and how we all remember the details. We have a a very special guest on the phone who can give a very personal story about understanding details and things that occur. Uh, Juanita Broderick, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, ladies. Hey, Juanita, it's Shelly. So nice to talk and meet meet you and talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad you asked me to come on. Well, and we're happy to have you. Again, what we've been talking about is, is of course, as women, we've all been in situations, certainly not as horrific as yours, uh, where we remember every single detail. And I guess what bothers me is that, uh, you know, if you're on the left and you have something to say on this level, every word out of your mouth is gold, and you should believe everything you say, but heaven forbid if you're a conservative woman. 
Can you speak to that, oh. Miss Broderick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, I went through that uh, 20 years ago when I first came out, when I was first outed, you know, for my allegations. Uh, and it's, it's really horrific what I went through back then with the media and with everybody just pouncing, calling me all kinds of names. But the, the worst thing, of course, is what Hillary did to mm-hmm. all of us. Uh, yes. that was, uh, that was disgusting. Yeah. But back to, to, uh, Christine Ford. Have you all, are you all aware of the yearbook, uh, I, allegations? Talk that, about that them. Out? The then then I heard on Rush Limbaugh today that they have um, wiped the I forgot the word. Oh, oh, listen, it's all over the internet right now, and Miss Ford or Doctor Ford, however you want to refer to this lady, uh, she scrubbed her, the internet of everything that she'd ever had put on her her computer about her yearbook. Well, oh, somebody took yeah. somebody now has these, and it's awful. It's awful what went on at this school. So she's a party 19- girl. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it and in the yearbook they talk about their excessive binge drinking and racism and sexual promiscuity. And this was in their yearbook and it was allowed. Yeah. Uh, but this is what this is what was removed. But like I told Martha McCollum last night on uh, Fox News, how can you not remember? Uh, you know, the most significant mm-hmm. details if something like this happens to you. And how can a 15-year-old girl not tell someone? Yeah. Uh, that That's the wildest thing to me. But first and foremost, I'm a victim. And I think that all victims have the right to come forward, like mm-hmm. Hillary said, and uh, be heard. Uh, but I'm not all with the belief thing. Now, believe in her, you mean? Yes, yeah. believe them yeah. until you can, until they're vetted and, sure. you, and you discover otherwise. But to me, I know that people are not going to like this. But I think it's very suspicious. All of the things that has come out about this case. It's more than suspicious, and when you add You're in the timing, the only one that, that I agree, couldn't agree more. You always yeah. need to follow the money in these situations, and that's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. To go down, um, but I'm sitting here reading the yearbook um, stories oh. that have come out, and they're oh. very interesting. Um, the headline to the story is um, Christine Ford's yearbook describes wild sex parties, blackouts, and erotic male dancers. Oh, right. Well, mm. Very. And this is a high school yearbook. That's high school? It's really something. Yeah, it, it's, it's truly wow. it's truly bad. But I still think, regardless of anything that's anybody's saying right now, the woman still has a right to speak. Absolutely. She does. And, and Juanita, you know what I would say is, we're all begging for her to speak. Chuck Grassley's yes. begging for it. He's been, they're bending over backwards for her. What, would you not have loved for them to have done that for you back then, like Diane Feinstein when she shut you down in the nineties, and now she's the oh, one? Yeah, exactly. That 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 was really bad. But it's just like you know, I did a tongue in cheek tweet yesterday, and I can't believe it's already got thirty thousand retweets. But I, said, <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. I, I did not. It or not. But I told him, I said, if she can't show up, I'd be happy to come and talk about right, yes. it. Right, oh, awesome. <laughs> You know, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm available. Right. And uh, I just meant it as a joke, but I cannot believe 
you know, the attention that's gotten. But mostly right now, it's the attention that's been placed toward my situation is how I was treated back then and the double standard. And how can you go back 36 years with Christine Ford and not say, hey, what about Juanita Broderick? We need to go back into that. I couldn't agree more. I remember as a a young girl watching a teenager uh, watching you and Paula Jones and the Kathleen Will, like all y'all go through that, and I just was always infuriated for you guys. Infuriated, oh, it was terrible. Yeah, well, you know, even after I went through my deposition with the independent counsel, not one Democrat would read my deposition. They they wanted nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. They wanted nothing to sway them because the vote had already been decided. Yeah. And both Mr. Durbin and Ms. Feinstein, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure how many others, are still up there now. So Correct? Right. Something yeah. interesting about that, and we've talked about this a little bit before we came on air, is our age gap. And so when your story was happening, when your story broke, I was maybe three or four years old. And so back when your story broke, you know, Hillary annihilated you ladies. She wanted to suppress oh, you, and yeah. she was awful and mean and wretched. That hates was a bad right-wing conspiracy. Oh, but, she was. And, and what she's saying now is a complete opposite. contradiction to what she said regarding us. So here's the interesting thing with the age. So my generation, you know, I'm a, considered a millennial. Um, we do not know that Hillary. She is the woman's advocate. And don't get me wrong. Uh, in no way for fashion to support this woman. That we, I, you, you don't know that. I know y'all know that. <laughs> Hannah but, knows that. Hillary. So my, so you know, my generation gets to see this wonderful women's patriot and blah 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 blah. And unless there's someone like me who's done a little digging and knows my history and has got to meet people like you, that's what they believe. And so, how do you? get that out to them when the left is going to try so hard to suppress that information like it never happened. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to get the information of her behavior for the last 20 years and how she treated victims of her husband. And Hillary is an advocate for women, but she's an advocate for one woman, and that's herself. That's right. (laughs) The best way I've ever heard it put. The the lawyer for this lady, Juanita, um, I saw where back in the 90s, um, she was hard on you and paula and kathleen willie um back right. then uh and and was very dismissive um i mean they have her on the record being very very dismissive about you guys and well, the, of course she was a democrat right and you now know, we've got this woman who yeah and and the, all this woman's done is supposedly written a letter and then it's just this huge explosive deal and she thinks we're supposed to be take her the her the lawyer serious after the way she went after y'all Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's very suspect. You know, mm-hmm. all of the people that are supporting her and her with her have some connection either back to Soros or the Democratic Party. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's so funny you said that's that. Okay, we were... if she's yeah. if she's telling the truth. Yeah. But personally, I, I I'm very suspicious. It's the coincidences and the I don't remembers are just a little too much for credibility. Well, and the you know putting herself out there you know once you open that can of worms you got to be ready to tell your story i mean oh, I know. But it, yeah but isn't it nice we're not having to hear about stormy this week or, or yeah. russia or russia yeah we were or talking russia. a while ago i said ladies they haven't talked about russia in like 48 hours or i don't even know since All sunday week that i know yeah. Of. yeah it's knocked it off and they were like sure. you know what oh my god if we haven't heard russia like we're so brainwashed yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they're 
they're right now very frantically and furiously trying to just to think about what's going to be the next big story they're going to come oh, out with. Oh, yes. yes. Ford stories they're over. Just, yes. Absolutely. It's just, it's, this well, is and that gives them a few days, what, this will last until maybe Monday, and then they'll have to come up yeah. with something a little later. Well, so another story that the left is trying to sweep under the rug is the one about Congressman Ellison. <gasps> Um, yes. where his um, girlfriend, I think, yes. for a while, came out and it produced documents that her doctor had said she experienced sexual abuse and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Oh, and but all. that's not good enough. And she had concrete evidence, and <laughs> mm-hmm. she's saying that her party has shunned her, they have pushed her out, they don't accept her, she doesn't get to be heard because it's not for their agenda. Um, yeah, but the Democratic Party came out and said, well, we're, we're looking into this. Mm-hmm. And that, was, that was about uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're sending this to the Democrat uh, organization in his state. And there, and that's where it died. Ms. Right. Broderick, would you hold on with us after we do a commercial? We'd like to have some more conversation. Sure. Please. Yay. Here we go. And Dave's not here, but the right view is. And that's that's Hannah, that's Shelley, that's me, that's Elizabeth. Yeah. And we have Miss Juanita Broderick yes. on the telephone and we want to continue our conversation. Hi, I'm here. Good, Yay. good. We never know on the phone, it's a little hard to know. <laughs> <laughs> we just kinda yeah. hang on till we hear the, hear your voice. So someone mentioned Mr. Ellison earlier and I know that his accuser has re released her medical reports in the last couple of days and tried to get more attention. I think what caught my attention yesterday, a friend of mine included me on this one was uh, Mr. Spartacus, our Senator Cory Booker, actually wrote a column in 1992 admitting that he groped a fellow student. I don't understand the difference in the approach between something like that and this. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. What do you, you know, think? Especially since it was a, an admission. Yeah. <laughs> My jaw is on the ground that he has admitted this to the you public. Heard it, you no, heard I haven't it heard yeah. this either, so I'm yeah. kind of stunned like you, Hannah. Yeah, a friend of mine well, clued me yesterday. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, this this thing is particularly of interest to me because Keith Ellison is running for the attorney general of his state. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Bill Clinton was the attorney general when I, you know, when I was raped. Sure. And the attorney and general being the number theory. one law enforcement person in your state. Yeah. Hey, and you brought up something there. When Eric Schneiderman, the Attorney General of New York, uh, was discovered to have been uh, a sexual predator. Yes. uh, One of the women stood up and said, you know, in the uh, New Yorker, she said, what do you do when your sexual abuser is the highest law enforcement officer in your state? And that's exactly where I was. Mm -hmm. People say, why didn't you call the police? Well, he was the police. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it, it was, uh, th- there was nothing that I could do. Plus, he, he regulated my nursing home. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, through the attorney general's office. So it, it was a no-win situation sure. for me. I just had to keep quiet. But I, I'm, I'm especially worried why the Democratic Party hasn't done anything about Keith Ellison. Yeah. That's, that's awful. Ms. Moynihan has medical records she has everything she has the police report mm-hmm. 911 so, tapes <laughs> yeah why why have they not done anything yeah about i mean she's got way more than an accusation and a supposed letter you know right. which is what we're dealing with on this Kavanaugh thing and it's it's taking russia off the map i mean just with the supposed letter nobody's even seen so, oh i know so how is it i mean how do we find the truth or how do we find the balance 
how can we get justice for the people that really have mm-hmm. been victimized versus well, accusing people and and having it go in both directions basically of people that aren't guilty of these things how do we find that balance well we, we don't i mean right now it's an impossibility with all of the the political infighting it's absolutely because no woman is going to get uh, a clear say from the party, from the other party that is opposing whatever she's saying. So, right, I think it's going to take a few years for this to straighten out uh, because I don't see any way around it right now. Maybe after the midterms. Hmm. Is that not hope. so sad, though? Yeah. It is sad. I tell uh, it's you. reality, yeah. but it's an awful reality. It's heartbreaking. The only thing I can think well, of is we. You have, the same, you have the same thing with. Me too, not having anything to do with me and the other Clinton. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, where was me yeah. too back then? You know, where well, was yeah. me too when I dealt with there it in the a, 90s? There's a difference between yeah. truth and allegations, and I don't understand why the dividing line seems to fall more according to politics than toward facts and proof. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really disturbing. I don't know what else to do except well, you keep know, talking about have it. Have y'all, CNN and MSCBC, they're, they're really getting wordy with it and saying these, right? they're calling it rape allegations now. And they're of even, course. I mean, they're talking in verbiage that this guy's done it already. Like, he did it. He's been tried. He's been convicted. I mean, it's well, kind of scary. That, you know, gives away their true purpose of this whole thing. It does. Um, we've been really glad to have Juanita Broderick for the last half hour. We're about to the end of our time. Um, I don't know what we can do. I just don't know what to do except keep talking about what we know and Mm -hmm. keep bringing up things that we know are facts that were reported when they happened and talk about those differences. And we'd love to have you back on again, Juanita. Anytime. Well, you girls just call. I'd be happy to. Uh, we will. Anytime. We will be calling you. I promise. Thank you, you so you much. You have fans in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes, you do. Oh, so much thank respect. You so much, to- ladies. Thank you. Thank you for being You'll on be today. hearing from us. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. She's so, sweetheart. You know, now we hear directly, basically, from someone who truly knows yeah. what, what's going on. Yeah. Um, again, I just, I'm, I just, I get so frustrated at this point. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. I just don't know how to, you know, and it's a frustration on, you know, again, I go back to it's not it's a frustration as a woman. It's a first for me as a woman. It's a frustration for me as a victim of a very aggressive sexual crime that that didn't end up happening. But there was a knife involved there. So that's frustrating for me that this woman has is not is playing hide and go seek with our justice system as far as you know she's put out their show store it's frustrating for me on the level as an american that is sick and tired of this country being in turmoil since trump got elected i mean it is turmoil after turmoil after turmoil and now now make us think we're in turmoil i think actually we're in a bad spot hold that thought we got news (laughs) coming up i know exactly what you mean coming out now see you after the break and for the last half hour today it's hannah shelley my name's elizabeth this is don't take the wrong view take the right view that's right the all-female power panel dave elswick show out the window but dave's not here he will be back on monday after his week in panama beach yeah at the beach having a good time we got 25 minutes left girls of our freedom (laughs) just us (laughs) well a couple of things that have happened today and uh, i don't think there's any more details about this but there has been a another shooting today where three people have been killed 
as Hannah has pointed out, everything we've seen on the news this afternoon, it was in Maryland mm-hmm. near Aberdeen mm-hmm. uh, in an industrial area. All mm-hmm. that's really known is that some people are in the hospital. There are three dead. And uh, this the it, was a female, it was a female shooter. No details. Oh, no details okay. yet. But I'm what sure. I was telling her is what struck me is why was the fact that she was a female one of the headliner <laughs> right headliner sentences i mean i can understand that because it's pretty unusual. i guess i, I guess percentage actually. wise i just that kind of caught my eye but mm-hmm. another point to make about it um rite aids weapons policy was that associates associates may not carry weapons or explosives on company time or on con- on the company's premises, yada yada yada. And that so basically, rule really stopped that shooting. Yes, another gun free right. zone. Yes, exactly. Right. Really did its job of stopping mm-hmm. shooters. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, it yeah. drives me wild. You guys, don't you think when somebody decides to do this that they look over there and it's like gun free zone? They look over here. Those people mm-hmm. have guns. I know where I'm going. Well, I mean, it's like fish in a barrel. It's it's very disturbing. Yeah, this I don't have any idea. You know, we haven't seen any details on this, but it almost sounds like maybe a domestic situation. Potentially, uh, I would bet and guess that it's not like a terrorist situation or something like that. But it is a gun involved incident, and I bet we'll you probably money. all will get that flyer. We'll see some headlines. So here, yeah, here's the interesting thing: the normal thing. will play out. You pointed this out earlier, Hannah, we, and you did too, Shelley. We haven't heard about Russia. We haven't heard about Stormy Daniels. I wonder whether they will shift, whether the left will shift to this gun narrative now that we had the shooting, or if they're going to stay on, stay on their big ticket stay item. On their big ticket it wasn't item. a school you shooting, it. was it? So. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a school, school shooting. shooting. But yeah, there were people doubt, killed, unfortunately. Yeah. Our, our thoughts and prayers well, are with those yeah, families. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, I, I think they. I, I'd be surprised if if they they'll probably mention it on like nightly news with Lester Holt. We won't hear about it again. They're so obsessed with the Kavanaugh thing and this lady. Well, and here's a clue: when we find out, and we may not, but if we find, I mean, out they don't who even have room shooter, to talk about Russia right now. So, <laughs> if we find out that the shooter was, you know, a leftist, you know, who was anti-Trump and uh, whatever, I bet you we for sure we won't hear much more about the story. Sure. Yeah, you know. So yeah. it's it's about the way that the media is shaping what we are supposed to think mm-hmm. about each other, mm-hmm. about activities that are going on, about things that happen. And in, in in most of the day today, we've been talking about things that happen between men and women mm-hmm. and who's to be believed and who is not to be believed. It goes to credibility. It goes to character of your behavior. It goes to who you are. Um, well, we were talking about this off the air and you made a, you just brought up a point that made me think about what I was what we were discussing earlier and that was the media shaping the narrative and creating the narrative and a prime example of this i was telling elizabeth you know i'll stomach msnbc and cnn and i mean i do i can't stand it but i do i'll watch them you gotta watch the enemy y'all you sound like my husband i'm not good at this (laughs) so i do it i'll take one for the team and do it but anyway (laughs) uh so the whole narrative thing within the last i noticed this last night and uh all this morning and 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 everybody's going to it now i don't know about fox i didn't have a chance to watch fox this morning but um i doubt they are but they're going to instead of calling for the fbi investigation they've changed it to because now they've figured out which this is there won't be an fbi FBI can't investigate trump can't order them to investigate well, it's yes, not that's in their job well, then, Right, but what they've figured out now is, no, 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 I guess they've talked to their lawyers, the media people, mm-hmm. and figured out, no, he can order the background investigation. So they've changed they've the narrative. That. Right. But what I'm saying is in the last 24 hours, they have, they have literally gone from demand an FBI investigation, demand an FBI investigation to demand 
to for Trump to demand an FBI background check, which which he's already had has six. already happened multiple yeah, times. Yeah, and they have like one six going on. As as when yes. got the letter and could have done the background, the FBI check. Then, when the investigation was going on for the sixth time in Kavanaugh back in the last two months, you know, but but they changed it now to FBI background check. So they're just it goes to show that. Well, we have one more day in the week left. That means we'll have a different version of that or some new angle on it by tomorrow. Okay, I mean, yeah. we're not to the whatever end of the week. they want us to marinate on over the weekend is what yeah. we're going to get tomorrow. Yeah, yes. yes. thank you, yes. thank you. And you know, will she or won't she really show up on Monday? Well, you know, the the details are pretty sketchy on the story that's come out. I think we won't even know tomorrow till tomorrow or later tonight what the the parameters are that she set for. When you have nothing to go no, on I'm, except no, hey, yeah, I say it happened. No, I'm just saying on whether she'll even actually talk or Here's the if thing. this could be another delay. That's true. If she walks in there and she just tells the truth. Does, yeah. uh, no bad can come for her Mm-mm. she's not going to get a perjury charge or anything like that she walks in there she tells her story yeah, this is not a tell criminal the matter. truth just tell the truth that's yeah, all tell anyone can ask you of like yeah. i said on the break what if she walked in on monday and said okay there's been all this going on and yeah i scrubbed my high school uh, uh class re, uh, sorry class books i i, I scrubbed I my social media me look bad. but here's yes, the thing be you know honest. i was a drunk i was a party girl we dressed up like playboy bunnies when we were 15 we believed in Kill sex me. parties yes. with boys yes but you know this, this really did happen right uh i think she'd have more credibility frankly of she would with all of it i mean my thing is you've come out now don't don't put us all in suspense here we want to know i the american people want to hear from you i want to hear from you and i'll be the first one if i believe she's credible okay and i believe that's right heck yeah i'm gonna back her up you know this isn't even at this point it's like just tell your daggum story but well and i'll go back to what i said earlier we all should back her up not just women not just men but as people right honest people who want to see the truth but she's come out shooting herself in the foot if her if she really is telling the truth then everything every action she's done since she sent that letter she has just shot herself in the foot and 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 well, screwed herself one, over because now she you. has no credibility and she hasn't even gotten to speak yet how is it that judge kavanaugh could be held responsible for an allegation when he was in high school mm-hmm. but she's not held to the same standard about her behavior in high school mm-hmm. how does that work well the how course they're going to say because he's but but the thing is he's already been investigated y'all five other times six six now six now (laughs) and again please y'all understand that this investigation under him well the background check the the vetting the fbi vetting of him for the sixth time was in the last two months that's the whole purpose when when trump nominated him in june feinstein got the letter in june the the whole fbi background check's been going on this whole time that's why the hearings weren't until september and now we've gotten through the hearings and yet ne- we didn't that's hear why thing. i say 13th the vote hour. was scheduled yeah i mean it's all a timing game is what it all looks like to me it's like let's throw it off before the midterm okay you know? so so you just hit it you just let's let's pivot just a little bit because you just said it midterms midterms okay i saw a news article just yesterday that says the gop generally is fairly complacent and is not really you know enthused about coming out in the midterms i read that one out of every five voters who voted republican voted because they wanted to see the supreme court nominees that Mm -hmm. trump would put into place Mm -hmm. so my question here is 
How is this going to impact? The Republicans Can we get are stellar the Republicans the way to wake up and come out and vote? They're finally acting. Well, are you going to come think, out and I vote now, will. folks, to protect our interest in these things? Or are you going to let the left continue to tell us what we should believe and how we should look at these things and allow them to hijack our Supreme Court, plus the whole entire process on top of that? That's what incenses me. Yeah. I could, I could sort of... I don't know, I guess maybe ignore some of the yeah, 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 yeah about the sex thing. But this is an attack by the Democrats on our democ- on our right. representative republic, on the Americans. way that we run our country. Yeah. They should have brought this up during the process. That's what the process is there for. Right. And if it were legitimate, that's when it should have happened. My only hope is that the and people instead can they're see. saying Grassley's horrible. He's given her a deadline. What you've had? What lady, is he supposed to do? Like what thirty something years, and then you've had since he's been. First off, he's gone through through other ju- judicial ships uh, in the past, so she never said yeah, anything then. Past, past uh, and then, background checks. So, okay, yes. all that aside, all this time that's gone on, but you've known since June. You sent the letter in June. It's September. The, why didn't you, you know, in, well, and this may be the first time sooner. anyone complains about Congress moving too quickly. This yes, may be yes, the only could, time that happens. Yeah, and and Grassley, and, and thank God for once, the Republicans are finally standing up and doing what's right. And they're being for, I mean, they're being well, genuine. You know, we want to hear from her. I mean, if, if she really does have something credible, they do. And Grassley's been over backwards. He's been over backwards. I swear. I, 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 I've never been a big fan of him, but he has won me over in the past few he's weeks the way he's handled that committee. A little better this week than, than I've yeah, seen Yeah, and I'm past. proud of him. He's sticking to his guns. All right. Time for another commercial break and uh, just a few more minutes left with the right view. Good afternoon. The last shift, the last day, the last hour for the right view this week. Shelly, Hannah, I'm Elizabeth. No, Dave's not here. <laughs> Just have to keep reminding you guys, that's why we have control today. In fact, we've taken over the whole studio. The only male in the room is Mr. Russ in the other room, and he won't even stay in here with us. <laughs> so there you go. I got the controls over here. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he can cut he our can cut our mics at any point There in you time. go. You had to go and give it away, didn't you? Yeah. So we could lock him out, and it wouldn't matter. He can cut yeah, our mics. Yeah, we could lock the door. We could take... No. Um, we were talking before the break. Again, we've talked for quite a while today about different viewpoints on whether or not you would or wouldn't remember these things and the credibility of uh, Dr. Ford, which maybe we'll find out more on Monday. I heard Kaylee McEnany mention as far as voters are concerned, and we did turn a uh, uh, election in Texas. Did you see the name, Hannah? Um, on Tuesday. Republican Peter Flores. 139 years of Democrat rule mm-hmm. uh, turned over to the Republicans on Tuesday. He won by 12% in a district that Hillary Clinton won in the election. And where so, was this again? Because I, I heard this. Um, in Texas. Yeah, a Texas, Texas Senate okay. special election. Gotcha. So, so here's the thing. You know, Kaylee McEnany, the RNC spokesperson, says mm-hmm. that one out of five voters in the Trump election in 2016 mm-hmm. voted Republican because of the Supreme Court. Yeah. And we do have Judge Gorsuch. We really want Judge Kavanaugh. For the first time in my lifetime, I am 63 years old. Mm -hmm. I believe that there might be a chance for what I call equitable uh, uh, looking at issues in front of the Supreme Court and maybe even a Supreme Court that sort of leans conservative and leans toward the Constitution. Right. There's the key. Leans towards the Constitution. Leans towards the Constitution. (laughs) So uh, what do we do to make sure that this (laughs) – 
I think the events that are happening this week ought to galvanize you GOP mm-hmm. voters out there. The ones of you who don't think you need to vote, the ones of you who think we've got it made, oh, Trump's yeah. in office, we've got it, we've got it going on. And even it, if the you're fight's like me and you're mad at these Republicans, because there's a lot of reasons for Republicans to be mad at Republicans, mainly because they're not, I mean, we voted for Trump and his agenda, and they're not, and and, and, and the Republicans are... are but feckless Republicans are they much are. better than these but Democrats. But you got to go vote for them, y'all. you got to vote for those Republicans, because those are the ones that are going to... Um, we get, can hold them accountable, okay? We can, That's my we line. Can we can account- hold yeah. them accountable. You won't get in the door with a Democrat. Yeah, I'm probably no. more mad at Republicans than anybody I know. And, and if we lose control of our government I'm at this point, for them. Yeah. I think it's over. Yeah, no, they, they'll, they've got, y'all got to do it. Y'all have got to do it. I firmly believe in the red wave. I will, I will stand and true to this until it goes blue and I have to accept defeat. I 100% believe in the red wave because Trump supporters, they're still on fire for Trump. I still, I'm on fire every day. I still feel like it's two years ago (laughs) coming up on November in 2016. I I feel the same energy and good. I do too, girl. I I have faith. I have faith. Well, so, we'll be there on the return so night. We will be. Election night we'll be there. And I'll be there to say red wave and give oh, it a yeah, high five. that's right. Yes. We will yeah, be, we'll we'll be there. We'll all be around. Day long. That's right. We'll be around yes, on November the 6th. Tweets, I believe. That's right. Like There's going to be a, eight or nine that night. Going to be a watch party. And, yeah. Uh, yes, Dave Ellswick will be broadcasting live that day with election results from 2 p.m. all the way through. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll be We're there. We're going to have a we'll time. We'll be there. We'll be there. That is going to be just So tell us about your drive through Jonesboro recently. Yeah. So interesting enough. And this isn't just recently. This is all the time. I'm from Paragold, Arkansas, northeast corner. Spent a lot of time in Jonesboro. You can drive for miles and not see one Democratic sign. And and this is the honest truth. Not one. Not one. And you come to Little Rock and you drive around some of these neighborhoods here, especially um, what comes to mind is me driving around the Heights. I saw maybe one Republican yard sign. but And it's not just there was one Republican yard sign and no others. It was like one to 20 Democrat signs. And that yeah. was a very interesting kind of, not necessarily culture shock, but interesting observation that I've had from moving from Northeast Arkansas to here. Just how different the culture can be even within one state. Google the la- Google the pr- Trump selection, this last okay. one, and Google the map. Uh, Arkansas oh. and what went red and what went blue yeah. look at Pulaski County it's just as blue as blue gets I so mean, here's my it, plug vote for French Hill well, <laughs> right and I yeah. think I think we all kind of have this feeling I know I know I'm in Conway Arkansas we have three colleges there it's largely uh, certainly our city government is is uh, Democrat yeah. leaning and uh most of us are not ashamed to speak up and say we're conservatives but mm-hmm. I do think twice about whether I want to put a sign in my yard whether I want to be public, because I don't know that, you know, if I put a sign on my car and I go into the restaurant to eat, that I'm not going to find it vandalized when sure. I come back and that's the, and the, is that or not something. sad? It's sad. Yeah. It's a sad state of affairs that it's come to that. Yeah, I've never experienced that. In Northeast Arkansas, you were loud and proud, and your neighbor had one just like yours. Right. That, because that's, they were like that's you. The well, and there. see, I yeah. just moved from Hardy. You know where Hardy is. Mm-hmm. It's not far at all from yeah. Paragold at Spring River area. We had, a, me and my family had a resort there for 11 years, and actually, I just moved to Mountain View back in March. But so we were in Fulton County, uh, Sharp, you know, over the, in that. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. You didn't see any Democratic signs or whatever. But then when I come home to visit Thanksgiving here in Little Rock or for, you know, see my friends or whatever. And if it's during election. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the same. Nothing had changed. You know, it was right. all Democrat signs. But do you will be very interested to look at the arkansas map and the presidential election even even i would go back the last 
probably three or so. It's interesting. And you can see on the maps change some, too. But you'll see how Pulaski County and I believe, I want to say Northwest Arkansas is really blue. Uh, um, yeah. Well, not, that's another interesting thing is the college up there is known to be yeah. very liberal. And don't get me wrong, the administration at ASU has proven its true colors multiple times and teachers and faculty and, and things like that. Yeah. But as, and I mean, don't get me wrong, there are the typical stereotypical millennial college kids at ASU. I'm not saying there's not. Mm-hmm. In my sphere of influence, and I've said this before, I don't, I knew a handful of Democrats, maybe, maybe. And that's on a college campus, especially mm-hmm. the people that I ran around. And obviously, you're attracted to like-minded people sure but even in my area in my sphere unusual. of influence we were all like-minded people and that's yeah. just kind of the culture up there in that part of the state and it's and yet you still had trouble with turning point usa oh we did and it's interesting <laughs> that you brought that up because um, betsy devos has yes. released a statement about that yes. which i was very very proud to hear that um throw that in real quick we've got just another yeah minute or so two or three. i don't know exactly her um betsy- comment on it Yes, but she I know that she alluded to the very poor, poor First Amendment policy that ASU has um, and some speech that she gave. Um, so I'm very proud to know the girl that stirred up all the ruckus and mm-hmm. um, got to witness all that unfold. So it was very fun and interesting and shedded some light on a very serious First Amendment violation. Yeah, so, kind of speaks again to something we talked about earlier, which is stepping up and speaking out when you have mm-hmm. something to say and not oh, being yeah. shy about it. Don't be it. scared. Don't well, be scared. Don't be scared. Again, at UAL, my experiences at UALR in, in the 90s, and it was political science, and oh my gosh, that's all. That was my major, and it was all political science, and they were all left wing, and I was just isolated. And, and But I still spoke up. I was just like a little Hannah. <laughs> I was a biology major. I love this story. I was a biology major, and the year Trump ran for election, every single class i had dedicated a lecture or a powerpoint specifically to attacking trump one of them went as far to compare him to stalin's russia Mm, in the biology department no doubt and then a woman looked me dead in the eye and obviously she didn't know how i vote um and we were talking about people who were too stupid and other stupid was the what we were talking about <laughs> and she said yeah it's um whatever we call those people who voted for trump looked me dead oh, in the eye and told me that oh and um, but, i wore my gop shirt the next day to class i don't know if she knows it or not job. but i got a little spotful good job now my real question emailed is what, her a, a meme or a, or a gift yeah. trump and his wall well i valued my grade so well that <laughs> yeah, was gonna right. be my question what grade did you get uh, if you don't mind sharing um I did very well in their you classes. You did very well. But they didn't, didn't have a clue. You. They didn't have a clue how I voted. I made sure they didn't. So you didn't feel like you were penalized. See, I did not feel like your opinions. No. On your on your grade. Not on my grade, but they, I don't think they knew. What about classroom discussions? How did that go? As you would expect, a yeah, college okay. classroom. You played it all, all that you played stereo- it All that is stereotypical, and it's true. <laughs> it's been lots of fun. We've been blast. talking all day. It's we had Rose Mims yeah. from Arkansas Right to Life at 2 o'clock. Steve Hess is the guest host. He was nice. I we talked with Matt Hurt today about criminal justice and first step. We were able to talk with Juanita Broderick and get her opinions on the current situation with Judge Kavanaugh. Very cool. And we all have stories to tell. Yeah. But... Tomorrow, we have another guest host. It's Dr. Tim Lim. He is the fellow behind, well, we don't have the cameras anymore, but he's the fellow behind the little Trump guy. The, the, tr- the, Trump, hair, the, Trump, the Trump, Trump bunny. The Trump bunny. With the hair. So his cute. name is Thump. Thump. That's his name. I couldn't remember it. I couldn't remember it. 
um, talking politics and geek. Y'all could see this bunny. You would laugh too. Talking about politics and geek stuff tomorrow from two to six. Geek stuff. I like that. And it's the Dave Ellswick show. Bye bye. Uh, Definitely.